Coronavirus is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control. And this news about the new variant has been a uh, an incredibly difficult end to, frankly, an awful year. And it's important for everybody to act, essentially act like they might have the virus. And that's the way that we can control it together. The way ahead is hard. And it is still true that many lives will sadly be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging respiratory virus threats, NERVTAG, has spent the last few days analysing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You, you might be infectious and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious, assume you might be infectious and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level five, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further. And I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public. Um, more families, uh, many more families are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment for sure. I to say, as I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behaviour.
after reading that law line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my fathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Welcome, 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 everyone, and uh, start of the new week, climb the throne of grift and uh, try to uh, enlighten you, or at least uh, at least give you my opinions as to uh, what's going on, and uh, there is a plenty going on. I'm hoping to get to the, um, the article on magneto-electronic nanoparticles and their potential use in modulating uh, behavior and neurodegenerative states. But the, the simple fact is, is that uh, between, well, no, some stuff is before the stream I did yesterday, but uh, it was a great stream yesterday with uh, Tyler and Charles. I really, really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, so what are we going to do today? We'll, we have to take a look at Ukraine still, and I want to take a look at uh, one Dr. Engler, um, this panda group, again, um, very well, very well boosted and trying to stick to a particular line. Some things uh, I agree with wholeheartedly, others I don't, and so I want to take a look at that. Uh, what else? Um, proximal implosion stuff, of course. There's been updates there. And, uh, yeah, um, SARS. SARS neuroscience as we get into it. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, come on, Kev, you can, you can do it. You can get into the, into the stream. Even though it's one o'clock in the morning. And, oh, that reminds me that I do have another 
going to be on someone else's stream. Let me just find out when that is. It's 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, let's see. Uh, uh, it'll be uh, the missing link, uh, Jesse Hall, Al, and uh, August 1st, 8 p.m. EST. Can anyone tell me what time it is on the East Coast right now? How long do I have? Five, six hours till eight o'clock so I can get this stream, rest a little bit, and then um, get into the, into the next one. Um, and yeah. The doc's, doc's going to be busy. And, uh, it's noon. So, uh, see, Carl Doc says, check your email. I sent you one regarding. Uh, Luke, let's see what. What do I see? Um,. Um, um, tell the truth, Karma. I'm not following much of what George Webb is sort of pushing out. He's honestly, if I want my opinion, he's made some pretty inaccurate statements about Kevin McKernan and the SV40 promoter. Um, is he trying to say that there are healer cells? in the vaccines um that i'm not so sure about sv40 promoters yes 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 but it's a it's a standard tool um are you familiar with research in the degenerative properties of mine's main tool? um look i i hear people claim all sorts of things for all sorts of supplements and products etc and i i always take the view that if you think you need it you should try it and see if it works out for you um and do i take lion's mane no but i take a bunch of other supplements um all right he's saying healer might have tainted research for decades unknowingly um no the the HeLa cell line is a well-characterized um, expression system, etc. It's not. Um, it's not a unknown. Do I think? Do I think it's involved in vaccines? No. 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 I don't. But I will read the papers that you sent me. I'm gonna take a look. Um, At, uh, had healer cells for like 60, 70 years, I want to say. All right. Um, let's see. Yeah, look. Um, George is making very basic scientific errors. It's that simple. And like I say, the... I mean, threats to Kevin McKernan... Um, just seem, I don't know. Someone needs to have a word with George. Um, 
come maybe you can set up a little meeting between me and george so we can we can talk through um the science rather than him uh going off on tangent um i'm happy to speak with him i'm happy to speak with him i'll do a stream with george and we'll go through um what healer cells are and what the sv40 promoter is and what kevin has done etc it's um it's all um it's not what he thinks anyway so um let's uh yes yeah, so we're talking about george webb and like i say his swings at um kevin mckernan are not warranted i saw giga spiral doing the same thing as well that uh <laughs> kev is some uh mastermind waiting to pounce on the next generation of um gene gene analysis technology etc i think um both both are incredibly wrong and um you know maybe maybe i'll do a stream about the stuff that he said about kevin because again I, d I don't i don't think it's warranted at all and um they've got uh they've got a fucking spurg spiral going on Maybe George W is talking to JC more than he should. Yeah. 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 And we're going to see, look, um, JC is involved with Panda and we're just going to watch, um, again, what I would, I would call <sighs> it's, uh, it's missing the target that that's what's happening. So anyway, let's, uh, let's get on. So, oh, oh big news of the day of course uh gonzalo lira has um made a run for the hungarian border <coughs> and i haven't heard anything i've been watching through the day i've been i've been bed bound because of my back's just been hurting so much and um so i've been watching and you know what if i was in his position I would be doing everything that I could to avoid Ukrainian authorities. And the thing is, when he approaches the Hungarian border, he's going to have to get past Ukrainian guards. He has a court case scheduled for Wednesday, and the... I would say the chances of getting past those guards, border guards, would be slim. If it had been me... I'd have tried to get into Russian territory, drive east, I guess. I mean, I guess there's the risk of crossing battle lines, etc. Um, but I would, I would have tried to have thrown myself at the mercy of the um, the Russians in this instance. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe he thought it was too dangerous to try to head. In that direction I, d I don't know i don't know but I, I think my gut instinct would have been 
get to Russian authorities. Um, and I guess we'll see what happens. I, I think I think the fact that we haven't heard from him as he's he said he was close to the border, right? That something he's been rearrested and he'll get taken to his court case and by the sounds of it they've got him lined up to do hard labor and um look man uh what did he say he is 55 years old heart problem you don't want to be doing that <laughs> it probably is a uh death sentence so uh all right all right all right so let's uh let's move on um housekeeping of course uh if you've wandered in here this is me dr kevin mccann i am now a renegade scientist um trying to raise awareness about what it is um well i think <laughs> it's so it's so dark i don't know how to sum it up in a few sentences but the um the Tyranny is uh, pouring down upon us and the medical scientific system is the uh, battering ram that they're going to use to try to break many of you. And so um, I am qualified to speak about some of the subjects. Uh, others, I'm just opining my opinion. But uh, if you want to find out who I am, ResearchGate is a good aggregator. You can see all my metrics there. Um, and of course, the uh, homepage where you could support the doc. That's right. We need money to keep these things, uh, to keep me coming, sitting in this chair. And um, shout out to Alberto for um, giving a uh, uplift to the website where you can go and donate via uh, work. Yes, it works. Uh, you can use your usury cards. Up there is PayPal, of course. Um, it's behind my face. That yellow bar. That's PayPal. Um, you can securely save information for one-click checkout, etc. And, uh, of course, buy me a coffee, subscribe star, cryptocurrencies, and of course, if you want to join the Discord, or you would like more electronic detritus uh, <laughs> dropping down on you, uh, if you would like an email alert, and now the streaming has been fixed on the site, so you don't have to log into anywhere that they would be trying to grab your data. Um, you can watch it direct on the stream, on the site. I should say there and um yes let's get into the news of the day so <laughs> i can't believe that i'm reading a fucking headline like this neocon <laughs> dual citizen <laughs> blinking says nuclear war no worse than climate change Warmer temperatures are the number one existential threat to the world, the US top diplomat has claimed. The threat of nuclear annihilation is no more serious than the threat of climate change. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to stomach much more of this article reading nonsense like that. These people are so out of touch with reality that <laughs> we must... Um, we must remove them from anywhere where they can 
turn and twiddle knobs on, on the reality engine that we're having to deal with. Um, what did he say? Uh, he did it on 60 Minutes in Australia. And, um, yeah, you know. Those nuclear bombs, they're just the same. Just the same as you starting your car to go and get your groceries, licks bills. Um, I don't know. Words fail me at this, at this time. I don't know what to say. Just... Uh, let see. In the US, warnings about the imminent threat of nuclear conflict have primarily come from the isolationist wing of the Republican Party. Former Fox News host Tucker Carlson and former President Donald Trump have been two of the loudest voices calling for an end to US support for Kiev, with Trump declaring in April that the world was facing the most dangerous period in history because of nuclear weapons and Competent leadership in Washington. I'm inclined to agree with RT's editorial line here. Um, call me, uh, call me a sucker for uh, Russia agitprop, but I don't, I don't know how someone could come up that right. That was they fought that up. That wasn't spontaneous. That was a think tank, uh, <laughs> a think tank process. An afternoon spent about the uh, the main points. The blinking must get across the uh, the propaganda machinery. Um, all right, all right. So let's uh, move on. And what did I have here? Seymour Hersh. Um, I, I'm not going to read again this article, but we, we know Seymour Hersh's position. He's made strong claims about um, U.S. involvement in the Nord Stream pipeline and he's now claiming the same with respect to the recent attack on the um Crimean Kirsch Bridge, whatever they call it. And um I'm I'm inclined to believe them. Why why wouldn't they? But it, it's not like they don't have form in this particular area, is it? So Bravo to Seymour Hirsch for at least uh, at least getting a headline out there to maybe get some people to maybe reappraise their position now this one made me laugh now of course we've we've been dealing with the fallout of russia withdrawing from the grain corridor they are now of course actively mining the black sea which of course they would as we would and um but in response russia has said that they will give free of charge grain to uh, african countries and those in need now this <laughs> this is the type of insane thinking that again we have to deal with i'm not i'm not sure it's up there with uh, nuclear war is just like uh, climate change <laughs> you leak spills in your cars <laughs> using your gas stoves it's like dropping nuclear bombs, sub bombers everywhere. Italian Foreign Minister Antonio Tajani said on Friday, July 28th, that allowing Russia to give free grain to Africa is not the right path out of the right crisis caused by Russia's withdrawal from a Ukraine export deal. Now, again, there were all these accusations of 
Russia using grain as a weapon. What we're seeing here is we're seeing a um, a crisis within what would be Western strategic planning where they do use food as a weapon, right? They um, they make sure they get in there and it's um, projection of soft power. And now if the, uh, the grain that they were getting from Ukraine after it was, uh, after the stuff for the pigs had been... Uh, sifted off the top and they took their little piece they would go down there obviously and bribe african countries who you know for whatever reason just don't have enough food now you know i often sort of take the uh take the view that we shouldn't we shouldn't be uh over um feeding these they need to learn. They need to get into home, home, not homeostasis, but equilibrium with their environment. And you know, the more, the more we throw food, free shit at them, the more they're going to um, not be in harmony with the, uh, the ability of the land to uh, support them. But, but it doesn't get around the fact that there are starving people there, and you know, so we must try and do something but um russia just giving it free oh my god that just uh, that just wrecks everything can't have that uh it goes on we're pushing for dialogue on the grain corridor to be maintained it's mainly the african peoples who pay the price for suspending the agreement that we know that that's a fucking lie we looked at that data let me just see if i can find that right where <laughs> most of most of the Ukrainian grain goes to uh, Europe. Uh, where, where, this one, this one, um, yeah, and this. Um, so it goes primarily to China, Spain, Turkey, Italy. I don't know what Passe Bajos means. Egypt, Bangladesh, Israel, Tunisia, Portugal. What can I say? What can I say? And, you know, obviously Italy, Spain, etc. You know, skimming and taking off what they need. They're, they've lost uh, They've lost the income stream and they're, they're kvetching about it so uh let's see Mordan bean says china is not moving into africa for resources because it lacks them are you sure about that um so sure yeah alberto i know the i know the grain is that that's something that uh armchair warlord brought up yesterday that it's it's there to feed um pigs all right, so yeah, free grain, free grain to starving Africans. Um, that's that's a no-no for the Europeans, apparently. But I imagine uh, Russia is going to give zero fucks at the moment. Now, what did I have next? Um, again, I don't know how true this is, but um, we know that the UK have been heavily training. 
Ukrainian conscripts now. And, um, well, <laughs> why they're telegraphing this particular plan, but Great Britain urgently began to pre prepare the APU special forces for the invasion of Crimea before Christmas. In the Daily Express, the operation will include air, land and sea strikes, while Ukrainian special forces use equipment to undermine and paralyze Russian troops. So we're, what, we're going to have a D-Day type landing on, onto the Crimean pen Peninsula before Christmas. Holy fuck, what a cretin fought that up. Oh man, it would be a bloodbath. It would be a bloodbath, man. Britain, I swear to God. <laughs> Pappy Putin. Get Poseidon and uh, write my name on it, please. I'm, uh, I'm ashamed. Ashamed of them. All right, moving on from, uh, from bizarre tactics to, of course, this came up yesterday in the discussion, but um, Chinese technology is uh, driving Russia's ongoing war in Ukraine and helping Moscow evade international sanctions. A new government report says... Um, of course they are. Um, we we have stupidly put them into the sphere of China, and it it's of geopolitical strategic importance for China that Russia holds out and uh, maybe even gives a bloody nose to NATO. So. I'm not surprised at this and you know the 18 months they've been going at it and for all their talk of oh Russia's got no missiles it's gonna run out of ammunition they're sending their soldiers in to fight with spades because they've got no no bullets for their guns um it doesn't look like that to me now of course we've seen in response um an uptick in drone attacks onto moscow again this is this is an escalation an escalation that could have terrible terrible consequences for the european continent as a whole and um it's this uh, oh, Nando, thank you very much, sir. You can have a uh, Saddam drip. Oh. And uh, yeah, let me just see if anyone else. Uh... I don't know, but uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it really, you have no idea how much it uh, <laughs> triggers the doc's dopamine receptors when, uh, when those a little, not little, but uh, precious, precious donos come in. Well, Nando is Kang's. Yeah, he is the Kang. All right, so I think I'm about done looking at uh, Russian developments. If you want a more detailed. Uh, 
discussion. Please go and see the stream yesterday. Um, Charles and uh, Tyler were um, e exceptional, and you know, I don't know. I feel like a, a, a dimwit asking the type of questions I do, but um, eh. no such thing as a stupid question, I guess. All right. Oh no, no, I had more Russia. So um, yeah, I've, I, I'm. I'm inclined to play this because of what we were talking about yesterday. What did Charles say? He called it a turkey shoot. And um, there's, there's a couple of clips here. And I think, you know, it's not too gory. It's just the... Well, it's the thought of the people inside um, these vehicles. But... Um, to be seeing this this type of oh, destruction i guess you know they write stories about it <laughs> in books from other wars and here we are getting to see it in real time and um this is one minute 20 of ukrainian vehicles just getting um pounded and as armchair warlord said they're not making the progression and what what did he call them it wasn't reinforcement troops he had a um had a, a name for the the secondary troops that were going in right so you'd have your first battalions punch their way through russian lines and then the second group he had a name for it um that will that supposedly should go in and um, maintain uh, any gains and those secondary troops are still bouncing off the edge of the um, defensive zone so I hope this doesn't have stupid music yeah I'll just switch that off so <laughs> so <laughs> I think those uh that those are uh what do they call them ATGMs like little wire not little wire guided um missiles jesus man that just blew that to shit and I don't know I I'm seeing clips like this every day and I don't know how long you can you can sort of maintain these types of losses and the other thing that just blows my mind in this instance is oof, there goes another one um they just sit there i don't get it and i'd be i'd be going man drive drive <laughs> get out of here and it gets uh it gets worse because oof. <laughs> Holy fuck. um I don't know, is that, is that RPGs or those ATGMs? I don't know, maybe RPGs. But literally, I, I want to say that's six six vehicles in one one minute, basically, just getting fucked up. <laughs> they might be afraid of mines. Um, you just got to take your chances, surely. I mean, if you're watching, if you're watching all your other vehicles get taken out by drones and um, RPGs or ATGMs, and I, I, I would just be, but reverse, go in reverse, 
you, you you got to that position, but they they just sit there and you know and this one is mind blowing. It's long. It's a long clip, and it's literally like one tank, right? I'll I'll, I'll speed it up, but it's one tank, um, taking on again another another column. Now I'm sure there must be artillery support and what have you but this this little tank crew the little tank crew that could um go uh go bananas and again i it, it blows my mind you do, <laughs> we've never i don't think we've ever seen war in such a glorious technicolor Пусть накрывают, пусть работает, пусть поработает, пусть работает. Да они будут работать 5 минут максимум. Танк уже ебашит туда. Что, блядь, только дня должно отсылать. Танк заходит вначале. Танк уже есть, сейчас по танку еще будет хуярить. Танк уже по лесополке хуярит. По Сахалинской. На сам принимай решение. На связи. А ты давай сразу пойдем. Надо. Он уже поехал в Беху сгоревшую. Нормально, там еще, блядь, расстояние ебать его. Посмотри, что мы зацепил нахуй лучше. Так они-то будут хуярить, блядь, вот сюда вот. Блять, блядь, что ты тупишь? По 144 они будут работать. Они тупо, будут заходить туда, блядь, Я понял. Че, че работать будет? Че не с чем будет? Тут непонятно, тут на два направления идет, сейчас хуйня, блядь. У нас от наших. Знаешь, как он за ВТ будет работать? А, еще ВТ, АГС и сапог. Да как бы не сапогом по своим заебали. Поехала, поехала техника. Наблюдайте, Турон, скажи. Турон, 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 юрист, работайте, идет два танка, четыре техники, четыре техники. В сторону 144 точки. Пусть наблюдают ее. СПГ, СПГ тоже работайте, там по полю хуяри. Четыре, два танка, четыре бронемашины. На концевой ФБ поможет ебать. Восемь бронемашины. Ебать. Выйди, где, где вот эта большая? Скажи, восемь бронемашины на то... Пизда, сейчас там... Красота. Да я-то принял, я наблюдаю, то, что со 124 точки на 144 идет 8 единиц техники. А у нас там один Алеша, один Алеша. Ну один Алеша, один Алеша, блядь, и накройте хотя бы одну, одну хотя бы. Алеша не наш, Алеша не... Танк, ёпта, блядь, который Ты смотри. Один наш, один наш, остальные не наши. Саратов, пусть скажи, пусть там... Ты туда мне, блядь, наведи, нахуй, на эти, блядь, танки ебучие, нахуй. Я их смотрю, что ты орешь, нахуй. Спроси, Сахалин наблюдает? Ой, сос... Да они, они видели, видели. Туром, туром работайте, туром работайте. Пан, когда наблюдают... Блять, пусть поддержу, чем, пусть что-нибудь накрывают сапогом, пусть если когда видят, видят технику сапогом или... Сапог, сапог, видишь технику в поле. Блять, 
Скажи, пусть АГС накрывает туда эту железополку, похуй. Хорошо, что-то въебали, что-то въебали. Въебало, задымился. Земля поднялась. Нет, 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 въебали первую. Ну что-то прилетело в танк. В укропский, блядь. Я по укропам говорю, по нашим нахуя буду говорить информацию. НЦВТ достает, спроси. НЦВТ I'm watching it. I can't. I can't. Like they just sit there. Is this? Like, it just makes me think it must be some fucking agit prop that they've made. Are they really that stupid? Бля, бля, отъезжай, братан, ну нахуй ты стоишь там? Куда он едет, блядь? Че по НЦВТ, спроси. Блядь, ебать накрыли нахуй. Четыре техники сразу, прям. Ай, блядь, я ж жука. Блядь, и танк хорошо поклал. Молодец, сука. Блять, ебать он рек, сука, просто пизда. Еба, башня нахуй отлетела у пидораса ебаного. Пусть поддерживают наши шонцы ВТ, пусть поддерживают. Скажи, танк вывели из строя один. Танк, танк отлетел в Кропске. Пусть прикрывают, пусть прикрывают. Спроси сапога, ГС еще есть, пусть туда... Второй танк нахуй разлетелся у Кропски. Минус два танка, минус два танка у них. Еще, ой, бля, хорошо, нахуй, пизда им, все, им пизда, им пизда. Скажи, наблюдаю, наблюдаю. Блядь, охуен. И меня ж мурашки, там пизда им, нахуй, просто. О, и меня ж, сука, трясет, нахуй. Бля, где пацан наш, ебану в рот? Блять, он еще стоит, сука, ебать он. Герой России, нахуй, будет на туре. Блять, он еще ездит и хуярит по нему. Бля, ой, сука, красава. Вообще Да, он в одного ебет, все, нахуй. Че по нашим, спроси, что у нас, что по расходу? Спроси, спроси, спроси. Тебой, да, наш? Да. Пусть, пусть нахуй, он уже делает, сделал. Давай, трусим. Наш откатывается, наш откатывается. Им пизда всем там пришла. Пизда. Они четыре техники стали, нахуй все разлетело. По 124 пока сейчас не наблюдаю. Нихуя не отходит. Они все на 144 стали, их там накрыли. На перезарядку, на перезарядку, на, на, на перезарядку скажи, пусть сейчас наши будут заходить, чтобы не работали. Сейчас наши будут заходить, пусть не работают. Первый, первый. Юрист, все, все, тихо, на перезарядку, на перезарядку. В готовности. 
никакого пулемета. Это кто за Смотри, на В тур есть, тур есть? Нету, блядь. Почему еще должна быть одна? Одну на нахуй. Покажи, где. Да, внимание, все там пизда всему, я тебе потом покажу. Там, все, там пизда. Просто, блядь, вот это видео. Где парень? Где парень наш? Он обратно едет, нахуй, с поддержкой. А где эти три танка, нахуй? Да, я ебать, вообще конченый, нахуй. Он там на адреналине сидит. Вообще долбоеб, нахуй. Он каким чуть как этот, как Скажи нашим просто, пусть больше не ведут огонь сейчас. Я сказал, что все на Первый, первый, все сидим, все сидим, перезаряжаемся по команде, по команде. Да, это Где он? Он здесь он, блядь, это. Вот Где? Вон он заехал. Amazing. Um, <laughs> that dude, uh, I should say, must have been on, uh, must have been on the Shmernoff. Bloody <laughs> hell! All right, uh, I think I've finished Russia now. No, no, more, uh, more Russia and um, Cambodian. I want to say Cambodian. Yeah, Colombian. Sorry, mercenaries are not happy. Um, Claro, ¿eh? mucha humillación, mucha humillación. ¿eh? Por eso es que se va la gente, tanta humillación. Claro. Yeah, um, what can I say? Morale seems to be uh, a low. <laughs> Just, yeah, pepper spray in the face. Yeah, you know. All right. Now, let's get to uh, this guy, Dr. Jonathan Engler. And I'm just going to play a bit from this uh, interview that he did with uh, Dr. Malik, I think it is. And um, what we're going to get is the um, line that we keep hearing from Panda, that biowarfare is uh, essentially, it's, it's a psychological operation.
right all, all that all that money and all that research and all that tinkering with those uh viruses and bacteria it's uh it's all make believe as are all the um the deaths and injuries that uh, have been sustained over the last 3 years and um i vehemently disagree with what this man is about to say Wuhan and resulted directly in these waves of excess deaths seen in some places and cause a lethal, deadly pandemic across the world. I am very much satisfied. I've spoken to enough people now, very bright, intelligent, smarter than me, like yourself. Claire Craig, Professor Martin Neal. Latest podcast that is with Jeffrey Peel, who's an investigative journalist. Yeah. Um, he's editor of sort of New Era, and he's also on Pandata. From Belfast. Yeah, and from Heart. Great guy. Yeah. And he's very much of the same argument. This whole whole thing about lab leak, you know, is a limited hangout. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you, you cage that and you punish everyone who talks about it. And, and then when it comes out the wet market and that's a lab leak, it's like, oh my goodness, they were hiding and conspiring. So it still is a virus yeah. that's dangerous and deadly. You know, it's just fitting the narrative. Actually, you're, you're, yeah, you've kind of fit. Yeah, so there's there's no uh, there's no viruses out there. There's no uh, none of these uh, weaponized peptides that we're seeing, and um, this is a nonsense argument. Okay, the the data just doesn't back it up. And what what do they always rely on? They say, oh God, well we saw we saw a peak in um, Italy and then a peak in New York and. The simple fact is, is that you can go around and look at multiple, multiple countries, all showing at the same time that there was a um, significant uptick in deaths. Now, is the cause of those deaths um, attributed to mismanagement in care and is part of uh, was part of the mechanism to push towards uh the medical countermeasures that they were pushing out. Um, I think so, but it doesn't, I, I think it would be impossible to do on such a global scale without an agent and an agent that's still circulating. Shogun Rikasu is still suffering because of his trip to Japan with post-viral state. This is, um, these, these people are, um, they're not looking at all the data and, and one of the problems that I have with them is they they continually class it as a respiratory pneumonia. It's not. It's not. It could manifest that way in some people, but it can also manifest um, via the gut digestive system. And it also is a neurotropic agent. And this is this is the critical factor here. And it causes systemic coagulopathy, not just a um, pneumonia-like state. And so they're ignoring all these data points. Finished off what I was going to say about Sorry. sort of part one. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, but thank you for the reminder. But before we talk about the, the vaccinations, you're absolutely right. This is the problem uh, with this lab leak theory is it preserves yes. the fear. It preserves... Oh. See, that's, that's their problem, right? Rather, rather than actually get into the nuts and bolts 
of the problem. It's uh, it's just fear. You can just uh, it's the, like I say, it's the equivalent of uh, like in a, in the Iran Iraq War and the Ayatollah handing out little plastic figurines of himself to fourteen year old boys to go and walk through the minefields. No, just you don't have any fear. You'll be in Jana. Go on, Al Akbar. This is a fucking insane line of argument. And the fact that these people get so much airtime is fucking disgusting. The pandemic preparedness industry. 100%. <laughs> More damn bean says, I need a Scooby snack. Yeah. Yeah. Head in the sand for your health. Yes. Yes. It's, it's ridiculous. And, you know, they... Look, let, let me... So there, there's a whole complex around uh, the pandemic preparedness industry. I mean, basically, we've, we've seen the transfer of trillions of pounds, dollars, doesn't make any difference, uh, of money from the people yep. into... Yeah, we've seen it, right? This is, this is part of... If is a bio-warfare attack, right? It's multi-dimensional. Right, the people, the people that initiated it, are going to have a series of objectives that they're trying to achieve. And again, just ignoring it is not the is not the appropriate response. Right, you have to be aware of it and not conform to it. And yes, you need some courage. Try to try to not be afraid. But the idea, the idea that all that. Um, research weaponized research is just um a nothing burger that it's just oh it's just an infectious clone that can't spread any further than uh, a few cases or they've wrapped it up in some lipid nanoparticle would sprayed you with a aerosol i don't think so don't think so it doesn't explain the data that we're seeing in japan it doesn't explain data that we're seeing everywhere a very, very narrow uh, elite uh, over the past few years. Uh, and it's been a f an amazing party for them. They, I, want, they wanted to carry on. I was just trying to find the... Um, I just realised I've got my, f my phone reception isn't working, but Tedros, Tedros, Gabi, whatever, the, you know, the Who, yeah. the who criminal. Um, he just recently did a tweet about, oh, we need to get ready for the next pandemic. I'm like, oh, so, so you, don't, you don't think then that you, you think, or you understand that there's uh, a cabal we're allowed to say that word because Yuval Harari, uh, he, of, uh, he of the tribe, who is part of the cabal, uh, is telling you that uh, you've got information disorder, Link Spittles, if you think that way. And if, if they've used it once, maybe they'll use it again. Um, it, it seems that, I don't know, I, they would have to have fucking some, some derangement. Their skulls must be... <laughs> super thick because to try to play the same card again i think would be a um a disaster right but it doesn't mean that they won't release agents right and to and to say that it's just um it was nothing it was all just a charade it doesn't hold up with the data Right, and you'll have Denis Denis Rancourt going round and saying, "Oh, look, there's uh, there's spikes here, but not here." And but he he avoids places where 
um, his his data doesn't fit. Big one, of course, being Australia, where they sealed the borders, vaccinated, and saw a sustained drop in mortality. When they opened the borders, boom, the excess deaths started. And again, we don't know what the com- if it's a combination of virus and the vaccine, etc. But it's a you would be stupid and naive to not look at it through the lens of a binary weapon system. And, of course, try to avoid the one where they're actively pushing the spike protein into your, um, into your body. And, you know, should you be unlucky enough to be exposed, do everything that you can to give your body the chance to fight off what is, again, a synthetic chimeric pathogen that does spread. The frag, yeah. you know what the- I know. So this is why this is so important, is because we need to pull this narrative down that we had a pandemic uh, and we need to avoid the next one. Um, we need to pull that down, otherwise they can just carry on, basically, pulling the same trick again. Uh, this whole industry builds up around prepared uh, pandemic. The industry builds up about doing this gain-of-function research and this <laughs> making these agents. You don't ignore those agents or those laboratories or those industries. ...preparedness, which involves, by the way, biosecurity surveillance, constant testing, constant the, the, the threat of restrictions coming in. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about the WHO and the International Health Regulations. I think you've had other people talk about that in, in depth, but we know that that's a, a threat to liberty. Uh, a threat, you know, a threat to our ability to to travel and and live our lives as as, as we used to live them. Uh, but it, yeah, you're right. It, this the danger is that people accept that a uh, there was a leak in the lab, and we need to. Again, um, I would be careful about saying leak. It's it's a synthetic, chimeric pathogen that has all the hallmarks of being manipulated to cause. And I would I would argue from its um, neurotropic properties, long-term incapacitation. You would, you would be stupid to uh, ignore that. Stop that happening again. Now, just explain mm-hmm. that, that you might come back at me and say, well, what's the problem? Because we can just all, we, once it's established that there was gain-of-function research, all we have to do is ban gain-of-function research mm. and, and the problem's over. Yeah. yeah but I, my counter to that is that um, it's the wrong target. So it, if you just just say we are banning gain-of-function research, there will always be the possibility in the future of a story being seeded, mm. true or not, that a rogue lab has created another virus. And this time, it's more dangerous. Yeah, we, we, concede, we concede maybe SARS-CoV-2 wasn't as dangerous as we initially thought, and maybe yeah. we overreacted, yeah. but it was still man-made. It yeah. did still come from a lab. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that they can't fix the problem with it not being dangerous enough uh, in future and the next one really will be scary and a dangerous. russian one yeah, yeah what? what <laughs> i think his uh, targeting is off look the, the biosecurity state yes we must do everything do not comply to it do everything to uh, pull it apart take down their cameras do not do not submit to the uh, the systems that they're putting in place, and you know, again, it's 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 not a far out 
uh, hypothesis that you know, as the CBDCs come in, that, that you will be forced to comply through, again, the medical system, etc. But it doesn't mean that they aren't making these agents. It doesn't mean that SARS-CoV-2 isn't a man-made synthetic chimera that has caused carnage as it's gone around the world. And it's still going around the world. Whatever. Yeah. See, you're left with this uh, vulnerability in the population's psyche, which is that we're just one step away from a mad scientist releasing a, another more deadly virus. And this, this, is, this, this is a threat to the freedom of humanity. We have to stop it. 100%. So, look, and to summarise, pandemics, it's all BS. We've got nothing really to worry about. Gain of function, who cares? There's been no evidence to show that it's actually done any harm or just been dangerous. Yeah. Um, I would vehemently disagree with what he's saying here. And um, this is the panda line and Nick Hudson and Edgar is his name. Engler. <laughs> what did what did Charles say? He's a uh, he's a dumb Nick Hudson. That's what you're looking at here. He's a Scooby dude retard like fucking Cooey. And it's just being used to justify essentially an industry which profits a select few, empowers them. But it's multifactorial. It's not even money. You get control. The state, which loves getting control and power, it only goes one direction, gets even more control. And once it yep. gets that power... They don't disagree with that part of the, the equation. right? But for them to, them to say that there's no agent is stupid. It means that they will get cut down at the knees when it, when it comes time to actually push back against uh, these systems. It's, it's building, you're watching the building of a delusion. It never relinquishes it. Absolutely. You need to fight to get it back. It doesn't give it up voluntarily. It doesn't say, oh, you know, this power we took from you. Here you go. We don't need it anymore. Yeah, well, you know, as we've seen from the last 20 years uh, with the Patriot Act. Um, again, yeah, we're, we're, we're heading down dangerous territory. But to think that the, again... That these agents are not going to be deployed, or that you can you can ignore them, is um, you've got to be some dumb motherfucker to be chewing down on that particular line of reasoning. Sorry. Or it goes, thank you very much. So this whole biosecurity testing surveillance, it's kind of insane. And you know, once I yeah, once um, population gives up freedom mm. and transfers it to the state once the state grabs powers in an emergency it's usually a generational struggle to get it back absolutely the people people need to wake up to this i mean the whole yeah. point of this i think hopefully podcast is people who still believe in this virus and believe in the pandemic i'm hoping they'll realize there was no pandemic it was a plandemic it was a scam a plandemic where they released an agent that has done serious harm to people Killed people, put people into institutions where they could be preyed upon so that they could bump up their bottom line. Pandemic, it was a fear demic, and fool me once, shame on you, but you know what? Fool me twice, you know, shame on me. You know, yeah. we cannot be fooled again. 
and, and, and one of my concerns, and this, we should probably wrap up the, the whole the part one of the conversation in a minute, <laughs> but just to get so much to talk about. Um, but w one of my concerns is that there are a significant number of people you might call on our side mm. who for, for, you know, benign reasons, they, ha they are still believing in this novel deadly pandemic. Um, yeah. and so to, to, to give you an example, uh, Peter McCullough, who I respect hugely, if I was critically ill, I'd want him to be my, my doctor. He's a incredibly humane, intelligent, well-read person, and I'd love to meet him one day and shake his hand. But he put out, uh, he, he did a recording a podcast a few weeks ago, in which he basically parroted all these false narratives. So he talked about the next pandemic. He said, oh, Gates and Tedros are telling us that, that, that there's going to be another pandemic. We should take them at their word. We should prepare prepare for it, and we should have committees, which uh, I think there were four pillars of pre pandemic preparedness. And um, the first one was novel, you know, was sorry, repurposed drugs. Oh, actually, the first one might have been restrictions. I can't remember, but the, it was basically just playing into their hands. Yeah, yeah. and so and the, the the way I characterize a number of the people who have pushed what we might call the kind of early treatment narrative is that uh, that to them. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. The uh, the viral invasion is uh, taking place. Uh, it's aiming for your brain, and uh, you, you've just been Scooby Dude trying to go for that early treatment. Fuck these people, on man. Um, the kind of early treatment savior narrative is the equivalent of the vaccine savior narrative. I agree completely. Whereas this whole in, in, idea yeah. of getting into ivermectin and yeah. hydro I mean, that's great. It's wonderful. We should always have other treatments. But this whole idea that, you know, if you just get in there and have early treatment, it'll all be fine. No, look, what you've summarized beautifully, and I'm sure you can back it up with evidence and data, is that this pandemic was not a pandemic. This virus was not novel. The immune system is an incredible thing and is yeah. incredibly resilient. Our creator has given us this amazing machine that can fight off so much. And, and um, they're finding ways around it. These fucking people, man. Panda just annoys the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> Centipede says, something tells me these guys don't have the firmest of handshakes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's what I... And then they get into the vaccines and, you know, they don't, don't realise that you're dealing with a binary agent all right let's uh let's move on what did i have next ah proximal implosion do i want to spend time on this more yes that's sort of history here so um this from uh Gilles Demonif. As I suspected, Peter Dayzak was the one behind the idea to tap into the DOD fears of outbreaks caused by lab-enhanced viruses to try to get some GVP funding. And this is from US Right to Know. And uh, this is to, oh, what's his name, Dennis, uh, the long-haired um, long pedo-looking type. Hi Dennis, the concept suggested the other day by Peter that DOD is terrified of CRISPR-Cas9 engineered malicious microbes 
and uh, GVP's Global Virome Project data will enable them to identify what is natural is an interesting one. I don't think any of these are the right image, but I think it is worth considering how GVP will enable the identification of viral outliers. And it wasn't a case of just going and recording what was in the environment. They were specifically mod modulating and modifying them to make to see what it would take to make them more effective. We know that they were doing this. But, oh, you, if, if it's panda, you can just ignore it. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> Retards. Um, US right to know as well. Ralph Barrack's 2013 letter of support to Peter Dazak for their NIH grant proposal describing his transgenic ACE2 expressing mice, including immunosenescent mice that are highly vulnerable to synthetically reconstructed strains of SARS-CoV-2. I'm not, I'm not going to read it out, but um, again, there are these humanized mice, there are these individuals that are funneling billions of dollars into the creation of these chimeric pathogens. It's not something that you can just ignore. Yes, be conscious of the bioterror state that they're building up around you. But it doesn't mean that they're not doing this type of research. And this type of research has consequences. Uh, secret messages behind the lab leak cover-up. Um, it was a good article. Ian Birrell, again, it's talking about Slack messages, etc., and how scientists were colluding, etc., to prevent the public from knowing what they were doing. In fact, allowing spaces for people like Nick Hudson to get in there and tell people that... Uh, I was those amyloidogenic peptides that have now been aerosolized and are floating through the air and making targets for your brain. We looked at that um, Nature paper, or say not last stream, the stream before, but it didn't matter the strain or even the, um, the overt symptoms. It was still getting in the brain. Golden hamsters, of course, but... Um, <laughs> see? Ah... Uh. Sometimes, man. All right. Next, just try to get through pop proxima. So, yeah, uh, I want to look at that. I mean, it's it's just ethical, just but ethical skeptics sort of showing that we're we're seeing increased cancers, etc. There is a there is a lot going on with respect to um, harms being inflicted and. Again, I'm not sure I, I, it would be scientifically inept to discount the interaction between gene transfection and exposure to different variants. Um, I'm kind of on board with uh, Gert van den Bosch in this respect. And yeah, what else was there? Um, all natural causes of death. Something's going on. <laughs> it's going on in Japan. Though they've stopped they've stopped publishing the data now. 
But you just keep listening to Panda Lick Spittles. Just stay in your kill box. Uh, oh, yeah. The inside man from the biodefense industries uh, is stepping into the race-based biology. Um, look, I'm glad. It, I'm glad it's been brought out into the um, the discussion for a presidential race. Um, it's it's well within the technology that we have to leverage these types of issues. Again, don't forget that the American Air Force was looking for Russian-only Caucasoid synovial fluid. Okay, That wasn't because they were worried about their arthritis. So the government is well aware that there are major programs globally in nation states, let alone non-state actors, to advance technology for biowarfare. And one of the most promising domains within that, by the way, for the, if that's your point of view, is engineering of agents which are relatively selective for different genetic populations. I'm saying this very carefully. Anybody that's listened to the blowback that Bobby Kennedy has received and the misrepresentations about the actual literature. The actual literature shows, the biology shows unequivocally without drawing any conclusions about intent. Um, look, don't start putting guardrails around this type of discussion. You have to be thinking about intent. You have to be exploring every avenue once you've cracked open this particular Pandora's box. SARS-CoV-2 is relatively selective for certain ethnic groups. That is a fact. It is a proven scientific fact. That doesn't prove that that's why it was engineered. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? We just pay. Oh, God. I'd be racist to start uh, asking those questions. A again, if the if the people who have the soapboxes here are not able to pull the conversation in the right direction to be saying that there's a real threat emerging here, then th they're they're incompetent for the job. Sorry. That's how it was engineered. Those were the objectives, and no one is ad advancing the logic, in public at least, certainly not Bobby Kennedy and not myself, that this is a good thing. I'm reporting to you that this is the state of technology. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So I've been saying for a long, long time. And you either, you either grasp the nettle of what biological warfare means in this age or you're just a fucking useful idiot getting in the way all right what did i have next um well yeah this was quite a big story so blinking um blinking cadillac 
um, basically throwing um, people under the bus. Now, it's a long article. Now, did I do a, I think I did a summary. So, Anthony Fauci, America's top infectious disease advisor, downplays suspicions of COVID-19 originating from a laboratory to protect his reputation and the risky coronavirus research funded by his agency. wasn't just his agency, by the way. Dr. Fauci, along with other senior U.S. health officials, tried to turn down the temperature on accusations against China in the early days of the pandemic to encourage cooperation and virus sample sharing. Dr. Robert Cadlick, Fauci's boss and former assistant secretary for preparedness and response at the U.S. Department of Health, revealed that Fauci mostly kept virologist concerns about a lab leak from Wuhan to himself. Dr. Cadillac suggested that Dr. Fauci was trying to protect his institution and reputation, as funding to the Wuhan Institute of Virology could have been used by the People's Liberation Army researchers for defensive coronavirus vaccines. Scientists involved in the paper at Proximal Origins faced accusations of having personal agendas, possibly being influenced by the febrile political atmosphere in the US under Trump, when they downplayed the lab leak theory and favoured a zoonotic origin of COVID-19. I mean, again, nothing, nothing new here. I'm um, Cadillac stepping forward and doing this, I guess, is a, raises some eyebrows somewhat. But again, you know, we've got to be conscious of the fact that um, there are probably moves afoot to use it as a leverage against china um for sure that could be a possibility something we should um we should pay attention to and again look if the pin has been pulled on this type of warfare who knows how it's going to morph and change over the coming months and years i don't know I know I don't want any part of it, and I know I'll try and do my best to um, not comply with what it is that they're asking me to do. But you know what I'm not going to do? Ignore the science that comes out with respect to these agents. You, you would be dumb. You would be dumb to be listening to someone like Kui who says that these things are impossible to maintain chains of infection look around you the data doesn't show that how come japan is having its ninth wave now you could argue that of course that's a consequence of their vaccination but the virus is still circulating it hasn't it hasn't dissolved into the background of some fuzzy quasi species swarm of coronaviruses Uh, what's this? Um, the first run Johnson roundtable, Malone says in passing that he had a conference call with PM in Israel after the meeting. Um, interesting. Karma Doc says she had three positive cases this morning. Yeah. The, the people who are just going around saying that it's a... It doesn't exist, basically. It's impossible for it to maintain transmission lines have, have just 
walked themselves into a dead-end canyon. Why? Because they want to build a delusion around them like what that Engler was saying. So is that Engler? Yeah. Just ignore it. <laughs> ignore it. <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> those, uh, those missiles that they drop on tanks, those aren't real. <laughs> GDL says, I still count on uh, Git yeah, Git Bosch. Um, I'm I think he's on the money. I mean, I don't know if we're heading to some uh, Marek's type disease situation. I, I don't know. Um, I think biology is a bit more complex than that, but um, the the thinking that they have with respect to, and again, what do, what do they do? They'll just look. I've been watching them. Oh, something happened in Iran. Something happened in Italy, and then New York, and that was used to um, institute the biosecurity state. Well, maybe, but there was still spread around other countries and the world. And I was looking at it earlier. Do I still have the? Uh, yeah, so France, Italy, Japan, Russia, Sweden, United Kingdom, United States. And it was the United Kingdom that had the highest deaths in both of the larger waves. And um, you can see that there's this very, very large peak a year later, a year and a half later. Um, so <laughs> you're basically going to start going down the lines of, well, all the PCR machines have been backdoored to give this information. The clinical data that we're seeing, the very, very distinct pathological features of SARS that we see um, aren't real. We've, uh, <laughs> flu always did that. <laughs> Just... It's fucking moronic thinking, man. Um, uh, Race-based Malone, that's a first. Maybe. All right, so I think we're getting to um, the papers that I wanted to cover. Yeah, so this this has come up. Uh, Rand Paul announces official criminal referral. 2 a.m. on Friday, Senator Rand Paul's Bowling Green, Kentucky office was ablaze. It took fire crews hours to extinguish the flames from his building and the two surrounding. Now, at this time, we don't know what caused the fire, but given the Jewish many lightning. threats to Senator Paul over the years and his team, including the stabbing of a staffer and an assault on the senator himself, nothing's off the table. Kentucky Senator Rand Paul joins me now. Senator, um, uh, what have you learned about the fire as of now? Well, you know, this was a big fire. It consumed about a city block. 
It took, uh, I think, 31 firefighters, six fire engines, and in order to contain the blaze, the hope was to not let the county courthouse catch on fire. The county courthouse is uh, just across a narrow alleyway and is a historic building in our community. But uh, four uh, buildings that were contiguous that abut each other all caught on fire. Uh, they haven't told us how the fire started or what they believe started the fire yet. We've turned over our video footage. We have a lot of video footage for our own safety of who comes and goes at all hours in the building to try to make sure that nothing untoward does happen. So whether or not that footage will help in the determination of this, there's some other commercial footage from around there as well. Uh, but I haven't heard any results in the investigation in any indication uh, otherwise. Uh, Senator, I want to turn to these new emails uh, released at the outset of COVID, specifically the written exchange between Christian Anderson and Andrew Rambout from February of 2020. Now, Dr. Rambout told Anderson that given this SHI, you know what, sh uh, show that would happen if anyone serious accused the Chinese of even accidental release, my feeling is that we should say that given there is no evidence of a specifically engineered virus, we cannot possibly distinguish between natural evolution and escape. So we're content with ascribing it to natural process. Dr. Anderson concurred saying, yep, I totally agree with that. Very reasonable conclusion. Although I hate when politics is injected into science, but it's impossible not to, especially given the circumstances. Um, Senator, uh, this was happening at the same time. Um, Christian Anderson had a grant proposal for $8.9 million, $8 million at NIH, which uh, makes this pretty uh, interesting that they were talking about the proximal origins of COVID. Yeah, this was never about science. This was about the business of science. It was about the money. Follow the money trail. And you see millions of dollars exchanging hands in the first few months of 2020 to the people who came out and said, nothing to see here couldn't have happened in the lab. But there's probably never been a cover up in the history of all politics that was so completely documented that they were lying to us. Every one of their private emails says, oh, my goodness, looks like it might have come from the lab. Oh, my goodness, looks like it was manipulated. And this goes on and on and on. Even so much as to say it was all it was all just a Scooby Doo, you lick spells. The one lead virologist who's saying it's all kooky and conspiracy theory to say it came from the lab, he's saying in private, this is no conspiracy theory. This is not a fringe theory. In all likelihood, it could have come from the lab. But then in public, they print an article that Anthony Fauci commissions them. He basically says, you need to get this written up as soon as possible. He works on them to edit this. And when it is published, it says explicitly, this virus is not a laboratory construct. They none of them believed that they knew with certainty right. that it wasn't, but they thought it would harm the business of science. It would harm our relations with China if it became known that this came from a lab in China. Uh, Senator, this was because enormous amounts of money were on the line with the work that we were doing with this Wuhan lab and all the grants that these uh, researchers and virologists get from NIH, correct? That's all involved in all this. Yeah, it involves money. But as you'll recall, when Anthony Fauci came before my committee, he said absolutely he funded no gain of function research <laughs> in China. 
But we now have an email from him where he describes the research they're doing and says, you know what? We are suspicious of the lab because we know they are doing gain-of-function research. He describes the project, but the project he described is the project he funded. So everything he's been telling us from the very beginning has been a lie. We've documented that it's a lie, and it's a felony to lie to Congress. And so I've referred him not once, but now twice to the Attorney General of the United States for prosecution. Yeah. But as you know, this Attorney General is the most partisan Attorney General we've ever had, and it's good luck on getting him to do his job. Well, at least Anthony Fauci has a plum position at Georgetown University, Senator. So they take care of their own. It's great to see you because you're, it, like, it was a little late for you at 10 o'clock. So now we see Senator Paul. It's oh, great I, to see I you. I love the new hour. I want to be <laughs> I, on all the time at 7 o'clock. <laughs> I love it. All right, Senator. Great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, all right. So, um, yeah. Ah, it's all scabby dude. <laughs> Scooby Doo, come on! How do you get out of there? All right, there we go. Uh, next, I had. Oh God! <laughs> I'm gonna play this clip just because it came up yesterday, and I was pissing myself laughing. But um, in light of all the malfeasance that we've been going through, um... look, you unamensch! It's your fault. It's your fault that the aliens won't come out. Nothing like us yet. If you'll indulge me, I'd like to read two pages from advice from the extraterrestrials. Yes, it's true that we have been in contact with your government and heads of power. It is also true that we have been in con it is also true that agreements have been made and kept secret from your people. It is also true that in the past some of your people have lost their lives or have been badly hurt to protect this secret. Our hands had no part in this. We contacted your leaders because your planet is in grave trouble. Your leaders said the vast majority of your population wasn't ready for anything like us yet. So we made time agreements with your leaders as to when your people would be made aware of our presence. Your air, your water are contaminated. Your forests, jungles, trees, and plant life are dying. Lexpitos! You must take on that One Health agenda, otherwise you're not going to see your alien overlords. <laughs> there are several breaks in your food chain. You have an overwhelming amount of nuclear and biological weapons, which include nuclear and biological contamination. Your planet is overpopulated. Ah! Warn Fuck you. <laughs> That's right, Lex Let's get back in that kill box. Time has come. We've got to uh, sequester your carbon so uh, we can see our alien overlords. Give us the tech that we need to clean up all that contamination. Warning. It is almost to the point of being too late unless your people act. There are better ways of deriving energy and food needs without causing your planet any damage. Those in power are aware of this and have the capability of putting these methods into worldwide use. Those in power view it as a military and security threat. 
That upset me. You mean to tell me that the people in power have the ability to save and better the planet? And they aren't doing it? Yeah, there's too many of you lick spouts! Immense everywhere. Despoiling. Despoiling the rivers. Polluting the jungles. <laughs> amnesty. What do you mean? Complete amnesty to those in power. <laughs> Governments and leaders who have been suppressing the truth. That they can't be held liable for any past wrong deeds. Yeah, you get it, that's right. All that, uh. All that kitty raping, that, uh, pointless wars, the, uh. The crushing restrictions that they put on you. You've got to let them off. You've just got to say, turn the other cheek, as it were. Otherwise, you can't see the aliens. It is the only way these leaders can come forward with the truth. It is necessary that you do this in order to work together and survive. <laughs> now, I don't know what that it was some meeting about um, UFOs, etc. But uh, it was a hilarious clip. So I, I put it in there just for the shits and giggles. All right. What did I have next? Oh, yeah. So. Speaking of bio-warfare, um, obviously people are aware of the uh, clandestine lab, I guess we could call it, in California. Um, but apparently that lab uh, is approximately 40 miles from Master Jet Base Limor, home of the U.S. Navy's West Coast F-18 Hornets. This is critical if Limor were to be infected. And... Um, this. There were humanized mice in this setup. Um, what, what else was there? Malaria, rubella, HIV, SARS-CoV-2, etc., etc. And um, maybe, maybe it was just a shoddy setup to make testing kits. I don't know, but um, you should, you should be raising an eyebrow at it being so close to a base like this now you know is it necessary for them to be 40 miles away couldn't they do it 200 miles away i don't know but again in the current environment in the type of war that we're in these are data points that i would um i'm not gonna revolve my life around them but it's important that um we're cognizant of them and so um, you know, should uh, another little clandestine lab be found with um, infectious agents, etc., and, and humanized mice? Um, <laughs> most concerning was the herpes. Look, man, most people carry herpes of one one form or another. I don't. I, I don't know what to make of it. I, again, just it's one of those data points. But that it just could be. They could be fucking with you. Again, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's just, you know, I think it's important that we we talk about it. We're aware of the uh, situation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, I'm not going to say much more beyond that. Um, we have a uh, Shahid, <laughs> young uh, Cambodian, but yeah, more. Uh, <laughs> 
More heart issues in athletes. Um, World Cup star Linda Casido, 18, grabs her chest and collapses at training in Sydney before being rushed to hospital in an ambulance after losing consciousness. <laughs> it's a climate attack. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's funny. All right. Um, I'm trying to get to scientific papers. Uh, yeah, I'll do this. So um, we've got a new CDC director. Um, imagine my shock uh, that it's uh, Dr. Mandy Cohen and uh, announces yearly uh, COVID-19 vaccinations. CDC is considering recommending annual COVID-19 vaccinations. Uh, Cohen anticipates that COVID-19 vaccinations will become similar to annual flu shots. <laughs> they can fuck right off, as far as I'm concerned. More um, Dan Bean says it's a good thing they took their jabs. All these people would have never found their underlying heart problems. <laughs> Touche, bro. Touche. <sighs> crazy eyes. Does she have crazy eyes? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Into some uh, science. So I might come back to this paper because I want to. I want to do the uh, the men's particles. So psychiatric symptoms in acute and persisting forms of COVID nineteen associated with neural autoantibodies. Um, what does that mean? Well, um, again, there's a significant cohort because of the neuroinvasive properties of SARS-CoV-2 who are showing spectrum of neuropsychiatric disorders. I've explained in detail over the years why that would be and the networks involved, etc., etc., etc. And in this paper, they're finding what I presume would be blood markers or CSF markers that show that there's um, a, I, I guess you could say it's an autoimmune issue caused by COVID. Now, does that roll over into the vaccine itself? Probably. Um, but, you know, we've spent, we spent enough time over the years looking at this um a new paper here vagus nerve inflammation contributes to dysautonomia in covid19 um look leak spills you listen to uh engler and uh this assault on your nervous system it's just a flu <laughs> stop paying attention to it now I think, again, it's something I'll try to get to in in the week, but I've promised that I'll read this paper. Um, time is seven. So this is a review from 2021, and where do we stand now regarding treatment of psychiatric and neurodegenerative disorders, considerations in using magnetoelectric nanoparticles as an innovative approach. And you know, just to 
give you some details on how they do that. So they would um, give you a IV bolus in something like a MRI type machine that would guide these ferrous cobalt particles covered in essentially lipid and peg and they will steer it into the brain that's the idea and in the presence of magnetic fields they can cause neurons to fire and they're making the claim that um, they will be able to read neural signals from these uh, magnetic nanoparticles very very large claims and like i said i hope this week that we're going to have someone who um, has hands-on experience uh, with this particular technique and we can we can work through some of the flaws now i will tell you even before reading this manuscript what this is is a sales pitch um i think we'll see references to claims that if we were to pick at them um they will be full of how should we say confounds that i wouldn't be happy with so All right, so almost 1,000 million people have recently been diagnosed with a mental health or substance disorder. Psychiatric disorders and their treatment represents a big burden to the society worldwide, causing about 8 million deaths per year. Daily progress in science enables continuous advances in methods to treat patients. However, the brain remains to be the most unknown and complex organ of the body. There's a growing demand for innovative approaches to treat psychiatric as well as neurodegenerative disorders. Disorders with unknown curability and treatments mostly designed to slow disease progression. Based on that need and the peculiarity of the central nervous system in the present review, we highlight the handicaps of the existing approaches as well as discuss the potential of the recently introduced magnetoelectric nanoparticles become a game-changing tool in future applications for the treatment of brain alterations. Unlike other stimulation approaches, MEMPs have the potential to enable a wirelessly controlled stimulation at a single neuron level without requiring genetic modification of the neural tissue, and no toxicity has yet been reported. Their potential as a new tool for targeting the brain is discussed. Now, um, again, uh, I'll point to uh, this funding information supported by DARPA, uh, Naval Information and Warfare Center, National Science Foundation, Air Force Office of Scientific Research. Um, again, I don't think that they're, <laughs> they're interested in helping you with your depression in this instance. The pitch at um, neurodegeneration and uh, all these, how should we say, um, behavioral tics that people have. Um, it's, it's a fig leaf for um, extracting and pushing research in a militarized direction. This is the very definition of dual-use research, and it skirts under much of the regulations and laws that we have in place to um, protect you the untermensch um 
Let's see. All right. Um, introduction. To better summarize current advances and knowledge of magnetoelectric nanoparticles and establish the starting point for further studies focused on their use for psychiatric and neurodegenerative disorders, we present the following review. We search the following keywords, nanoparticle, nanotechnology, magnetoelectric nanoparticles, blood-brain barrier, neuromodulation, deep brain stimulation, transcranial magnetic stimulation, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and obsessive compulsive disorder retrieved from PubMed, Embase, and Scopus databases. Approximately a thousand million people have recently been diagnosed with a mental health or substance disorder. Importantly, psychiatric disorders and their treatment represent a big burden to the society worldwide. Uh, we, we did the 8 million deaths. Um, new treatment approaches are needed. Yes, we want to use their magnetic, magnetic particles. And uh, we search the following words. Nanoparticle, nanotechnology, magnetoelectric nanoparticles, blood-brain barrier, neuromodulation, deep brain stimulation, transcranial magnetic stimulation, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, OCD, retrieved from PubMed, etc., etc. The brain as a complex electric circuit. The brain is a complex circuit whose activity is mediated by chemical and electrical signals generated by the interconnected neurons. Brain electrical activity, called oscillations, can be generated spontaneously and in response to stimuli by the neural tissue in the central nervous system. Those oscillations are found in normal functioning neural networks to control brain function, to facilitate dynamic communication and plasticity between spatially disparate population of neurons by temporarily aligning the collective synaptic activity related to a particular neural process. The brain reacts to induced electrical activity producing deactivation depolarization that outside the area where the current is applied leads to electrical stimulation that can control local brain functions. Signaling in the network is electric field driven and based on a highly collective system of electric charges neurotransmitters and action potentials. Under normal conditions, when the brain is exposed to an internal or external stimulus, it responds with changes in the brain rhythms. Pathological oscillations may occur, leading to aberrant electric signals that have been related to a variety of CNS disorders, such as Parkinson's disease or obsessive compulsive disorder, among many others. Interventions trying to restore normal brain oscillations to cease aberrant electric signals have been developed and used for decades. Importantly, the field of neuromodulation is receiving more and more attention due to some key advances in this field. Here we re-examine the limitations of existing pharmacological as well as brain stimulation approaches, mostly due to their limiting spatial resolution for the treatment of psychiatric and neurodegenerative disorders, with a focus on introducing the use of unique properties of a class of multifunctional nanoparticles known as magnetoelectric nanoparticles for brain targeting and treatment. Their ability to act as neurostimulation devices as well as nanocarriers without handicaps of existing methodologies. We discussed the properties and use of MEMPs with emphasis on their potential future application in the treatment of psychiatric disorders. Uh, new approaches for brain disorders, one more step away from pharmacology. 
pharmacological approach. The continuous search for greater knowledge and better treatment of psychiatric disease symptoms has provided insights into the underlying mechanisms leading to the development of a dynasty of new and better pharmacological compounds to deal with the disease. However, there are no current treatments capable of stopping the progression of some main psychiatric disorders, for example, PD and Alzheimer's. Ah, look, um, if I was reviewing this paper, uh, it described Alzheimer's and Parkinson's wrong. They're neurodegenerative disorders, not neuropsychiatric. New pharmacological agents have been to, to reduce symptoms that make the patient less functional, as well as to reduce the burden on the society. Most of the current pharmacological treatments are successful in the primary goal of delaying the course of the disease. However, entirely novel compounds and approaches are needed to significantly improve quality of life as well as adherence to treatment. Promising drug agents are being developed. However, those drugs do not always demonstrate adequate efficacy when tested in clinical trials. In addition, standardized interventions do not have the same effectiveness in every patient. For example, a large portion, 32 to 52% of major depression patients, are considered treatment pharmacology resistant. Personalized precision treatment remains an open question. There are properties that could be beneficially exploited, although also providing another source of side effects, for example, the multi-target affinity. Researchers have searched for suitable biomarkers to establish the diagnosis of psychiatric disorders, which could better foresee the development of the disease as well as delay its course by allowing for an early intervention. However, pharmacological treatments often mediate their beneficial effects through action in more than one target neurotransmitter gene because there is no one magic target to explain the presence of the variety of symptomology existence existent in the large majority of psychiatric disorders. As a counterpart, side effects are more diverse, and the same medication can cause unwanted effects in the CNS as well as in the periphery. For example, Gokaviri, a Food and Drug Administration approved medication for the PD, that's Parkinson's, dyskinesias, acts as an NMD receptor antagonist as well as dopamine agonist. Gokaviri has been related to hallucinations or suicidality and depression. <laughs> Wonderful. So I say, folks, I don't want the brain rot. <laughs> it's just a massive heart attack, please, Alan. <laughs> just make it quick. A second source of side effects is the lack of target localization through the action of the drug in non-target areas. The oral administration route is the most often selected route for medications, especially when dosage requires daily dosing. The digestive system is usually affected by medication and explains some of the side effects regularly concomitant with psychiatric medication. Using the previously introduced example, cocovery is beneficial to reduce the dyskinesias in PD patients, uncontrolled involuntary movements. However, side effects such as constipation have been reported due to the action of the drug in non-PD target sites. Once the brain is reached, drugs bind to their specific target sites, triggering underlying mechanistic responses in each brain area where the target is expressed. However, the widespread distribution of the compound across several brain structures can be beneficial when acting on the desired target sites while having detrimental effects on undesired locations. Consider the following common example of classical antipsychotics. While a drug re reducing excessive dopamine could be beneficial for schizophrenia-related symptoms, 
retargeting dopamine in mesolimbic dopamine pathway. In parallel, it causes tremors, retargeting dopamine in the striatal dopaminergic pathway. Conversely, a drug increasing dopamine release could be beneficial for Parkinsonism-related symptoms, striatal dopaminergic pathway, while it could cause hallucinations via the mesolimbic dopaminergic pathway. Another handicap usually involved in pharmacological interventions is the natural degradation of the compounds. The absorption and distribution of pharmacological agents vary based on the administration route and affect the final concentration of the drug reaching the target. For a given drug amount at the target, higher doses need to be administered due to absorption and distribution of the compound before reaching the target site. In general, the liver, intestine and kidney are believed to be major organs involved in drug elimination, with the first two often having a significant role in the first-pass metabolism of orally administered compounds. To surpass those obstacles, nanomedicine nanotechnology has taken the lead in the field due to its ability to allow highly targeted treatment in a more controlled manner. Due to the nature of this review, this topic will be discussed with an, emph sorry, an emphasis on the analysis of the potential of MEMPs. Additionally, non-drug strategies are required for the management of some disorders, such as depression, and have been also investigated for decades. Brain stimulation neuromodulation. Non-pharmacological approaches using external devices to stimulate brain regions are an attempt to re-establish aberrant brain oscillations. These neuromodulatory techniques have been performed for decades, especially in medication refractory patients. Initially believed to be highly invasive, the use of brain stimulation caused many ethical issues in the past. A decade ago, neurotechnologies were questioned to affect patients' personal identity. Electrical stimulation of the brain can cause gradual beneficial changes in the networks and systems more than rather simply turning off malfunctioning neurons. Among all the ongoing stimulation devices available on the market, the most popular with more extended FDA approval applications is deep brain stimulation. However, there are so many more methodologies for brain stimulation such as feeder burst TBS, transcranial magnetic stimulation, transcranial alternating current stimulation, vagus nerve stimulation, focused ultrasound stimulation, optogenetics, some of those approaches are already fully developed or under evaluation to treat psychiatric and neurological disorders. Yeah, these um, TMS, RTMS type approaches, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not convinced by them. You can't, you can't placebo control for them. Sorry. Brain stimulation with approaches such as DBS has been shown to disrupt pathological electrical oscillations. DBS is currently approved by the US FDA for the treatment of Parkinson's disease, essential tremor, dystonia, OCD and epilepsy. DBS is considered a good strategy to restore or interfere with aberrant electrical brain signaling. Additionally, DBS is under investigation in clinical trials, not FDA approved, for treatment-resistant depression, Tourette syndrome, stroke, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, neuropathic pain, and Alzheimer's. I can tell you, out of all of those, the only one where there's any evidence backing it up that it works is Tourette's and maybe the thalamic stimulation for neuropathic pain. All the rest have failed. Um, 
It's been shown to relieve symptoms in just minutes, but unfortunately, the symptoms return in a time course, most times related to the stimulation timing. The application of DBS to different psychiatric and neurological disorders has been extensively revised and is still a hot topic. The mechanism of action for DBS, as well as its more updated research status, has been reviewed elsewhere and not the focus of this review. Additionally, TMS also re represents an essential topic for its use in psychiatry. Unlike the above DBS approach, TMS is controlled wirelessly, thus not requiring any invasive surgically implanted electrodes. However, it is FDA approved only for its utilization in depression. TMS modulates neural circuits via the application of rapidly changing magnetic fields over the scalp, which in turn induces electric currents, known as eddy currents, in the underlying cortical tissue. However, between the current handicaps related to the use of TMS, the response between patients remains heterogeneous. And again, you know, someone with depression, when you take them and you giving them special attention in a in a clinical environment that they're getting something you know high tech and um you know you can you can feel tms when it goes off you can hear it right there's a clunk as the um circuits fire through the coil that makes up the electromagnet and i think a lot of people who are depressed Literally, a lot of them just want some social interaction, and they're going to get a whole bunch of social interaction as doctors are looking to see. Do you, you know? Do you, do you feel better? Look, we're zapping your brain, and you know they can feel that something is being. You can feel the effect of the electrical discharge in your brain. So, I'm not, I'm not convinced that it's uh, a viable therapy. They've tried DBS for depression, multiple sites, multiple trials. They never get past sort of first review. Doesn't work. However, between the current handicaps related to use of TMS and the response, I did that. Um, with only some individuals showing a strong positive response and the induced inhibition or excitation of the local area has been shown to extend beyond the target site of stimulation. The main advantage of TMS is its relatively low spatial resolution on the order of a centimetre and therefore poorly localised stimulation. Several reviews have focused on extensive analysis of the TMS current status in psychiatry. MEMPs have been recently introduced as a novel innovative development which addresses the aforementioned open questions of existing stimulation approaches, mostly due to their limited spatial resolution. A number of studies have emerged on this topic to demonstrate the above advantage of MEMPs. Magnetoelectric nanoparticles non-invasive wireless approach at a single neuron level. Current stimulation devices have proven to be quite successful in eventually evolving into more sophisticated and less invasive approaches. However, the development of these devices has been stifled because of fundamental technology problems to achieve contactless and highly localized, eventually at a single neuron level, stimulation. Using MEMPs, stimulation at a single neuron level, and therefore can be used as a stepping stone to further advance stimulation devices especially in the broader areas of psychiatric disorders. This article reviews the current state of the research in this emerging field.
Firsty work. <clears throat> Blood brain barrier. Um, let's see, Doc, can you comment on PFAS, PFOS, and how this affects the brain and gender? I'm not sure what you mean by PFAS. What what's the what's the full name? Can I send a link for the paper? Yes. Uh, I just <laughs> there. Oh no, it's not going to give you. Uh, going to go to my um, directory. Wait, let me find the DOI. Uh, you know what? It's it's a paid for article. I'll um. I'll I'll, I'll get it to you. Um, don't worry. Just just remind me. Uh, again, karma dot. Um, uh, the brain is protected by a structure known as the blood-brain barrier. BBB prevents the passage of most circulating cells and molecules. Through its ability to impede the influx of most compounds from blood to brain, the BBB exerts an important role that paradoxically have restricted the effects of some drugs for treatment of CNS diseases. Importantly, the BBB is a dynamic entity that allows transport under some conditions. The study of the BBB has led to enormous advances in the study of the nanotechnology field. The use of nanotechnology on CNS disorders has been reviewed elsewhere and is not the focus of this review. <clears throat> nanotechnology is proposed as a new potent tool to enhance drug transport through the blood-brain barrier. The main characteristics of these sub-100 nanometer particles and their advantage for brain drug delivery have also been reviewed elsewhere. However, we would like to highlight important aspects that the nanotechnology research provided and as mentioned in relation to stimulation devices such as DBS and TMS have allowed us to evolve into a more sophisticated and less invasive approaches. Nanoparticles are considered a versatile drug delivery system that allows to overcome otherwise inaccessible biological barriers such as the blood-brain barrier. Engineering materials at the nanoscale enables the structures to interact with biological substrates at a molecular level, and most importantly, for the psychiatric and neurodegenerative field, the materials can permeate the blood-brain barrier. Uh, MP can be, what was MP? Nanoparticles, I guess. Can be elaborated with high chemical and biological stability, being a good resource for covalent or ionic conjugation, ligands as specific as for example short interfering RNA molecules. Importantly during the last decades a number of non-toxic biodegradable and biocompatible nanoparticles have been discussed as potential candidates to cross the blood-brain barrier and successfully target specific brain sites. Most of the above pioneering applications of nanoparticles stem from the significantly increased surface-to-volume ratio of the nanoparticles in the sub-100 nanometer size range. However, nanoparticles in the traditional sense, that is, just owing to their nanoscale size, are not designed for controllably induced stimulation. 
To achieve a highly localized and wirelessly controlled stimulation, nanoparticles must display other properties. These properties need to be engineered to wirelessly induce stimulation in, the, in their nanoscale vicinity. MEMPs display one such property, known as the magnetoelectric effect. Engineered with the ME effect, MEMPs were shown to electrically stimulate by the application of magnetic fields. Underlying physics of magnetoelectric nanoparticles. Owing to the magnetoelectric effect, I'm just going to call it ME from now on, um, MEMPs combine the key advantages of DBS, stimulation by electric fields, and TMS, wireless stimulation, while also offering the key advantages of nanoparticles, that is, the ability to cross the blood-brain barrier and provide highly localized stimulation only in the nanoscale vicinity of the nanoparticles at the target site. Hence, MEMPs enable a novel, groundbreaking approach the treatment of psychiatric and neurodegenerative disorders. When exposed to remotely sourced magnetic fields, MEMPs locally induce relatively high electric fields, which in turn activate voltage-gate ion channels, thus triggering local stimulation. The novel underlying physics of magnetoelectric nanoparticles used to separate different functions, for example, delivery, stimulation and release, have been described in a number of papers in the recent decade. MEMPs can deliver and release a drug intracellularly with a high specificity on demand via application of a special control sequence of DC and AC magnetic fields. However, what probably most separates MEMPs from other nanoparticles is their ME effect. MEMPs display a relatively significant non-zero ME effect of 10 volts per centimeter per OE. That scale is check. Okay. Oshka scale is a hydrometer scale measuring the density of grape must. Gets that. range and hence can transform very low magnetic fields into signal measured in femtovolts. This is a new one for me. I'm trying to figure it out. It's, it, it's some metric for interaction with magnetic fields and producing voltage um anyway um so 10 volts per centimeter so I, i'm i'll make the presumption it's the strength of the magnetic field applied and thus can provide an unprecedented and high efficacy control of intrinsic electric fields deep in the brain by application of special sequence of external magnetic fields notably due to the presence of a non-zero magnetic moment MEMPs provide capability to be navigated through image guiding and then due to the ME effect stimulate selective regions 
or even individual selected neurons or selected parts of a neuron in the brain. Mm, these sound like uh, very, very large claims to me. Um, <laughs> you'd be able to just pick out one neuron? Eh, I'm not so sure about that. MEMPs are capable of generating local electric fields on the order of one millivolt per nanometer via application of relatively small magnetic field on the order of 1000 OE. Um, okay. In other words, as previously introduced, electric fields can affect neuronal activity, at least at the nanoscale. Our group is focused on exploiting this property of neuronal cells at the fundamental intracellular level, which electric field-driven processes define the cell fate. Magnetic fields can easily penetrate through the brain without interfering with the complex electric circuitry of the neural network. <laughs> Steady. That is the reason today we can use magnetic resonance imaging or the recently emerged magnetic nanoparticle imaging approach to study the brain, at least structurally, not electrically. MEMPs allow to integration of this magnetic field penetration capability with the intrinsic control provided by the highly localized at the nanoscale relative, relatively high electric fields. The MEMP's fundamental properties enabled by refined nanoengineering methods have been described in detail in other papers. Furthermore, several studies focused on MEMP's biodistribution and toxicity in several body organs at different sizes and doses in mice, toxicity-free doses up to seven days after treatment, and clearance of MEMPs in different body organs, including the brain, eight weeks after treatment, were demonstrated through both in vitro and in vivo studies using human astrocyte cells, peripheral blood mononuclear cells, as well as mice. Now, as safety testing goes, um, I ain't impressed by that, but it is what it is. Most of the biological targets that play a role in the control of the symptomology present present in psychiatric diseases, such as the release of neurotransmitter or the induction of newborn cells, respond to both electrical and magnetic stimulation. Though both the traditional DBS and TMS approaches have proven very useful, their stimulation applications are strongly limited with respect to the spatial resolutions. In contrast, MEMPs can enable stimulation with a comparable electric field strength locally. Table 1 summarizes studies using MEMPs with relevant information in regard to purpose of this review. The degree of the stimulation localization is determined either by the localization of the nanoparticles. For example, for a focused delivery to the target site by application of magnetic field gradients or by the localization of the ma magnetic field profiles. MEMPs have been shown to cross blood-brain barrier both in vitro and in vivo studies. One of the most comprehensive studies has been conducted by Pardo et al. When in the brain the nanoparticles can be directly monitored using magnetic imaging approaches, in vivo imaging systems or another method. MEMPs have been shown to function according to the described physics in both in vitro and in vivo settings. Recently, Kolzeski et al. demonstrated behavioral changes in mice by subthalamic modulation via the aforementioned MEMP-based physics. Now, those are papers that we should look at.
but we'll find them later. Um, I remain to be convinced. They conducted both in vitro and in vivo studies to prove that neural activity could be indeed triggered by wirelessly applied magnetic fields. This was an important study because they, for the first time, demonstrated MEMP's controlled motor-evoked activity in animals. In mice, they showed the lack of toxicity or brain tissue alterations as long as four weeks after intra-subthalamic injections of a 100 microgram MEMP dose. Now... <laughs> They've had to use a cannula to get the particles into the area of investigation. Subthalamic nucleus in a rodent, in a mouse, that's pretty small. I don't think you're guiding particles there with um, large magnets placed around the head of the animal. So you've gone and penetrated the brain anyway. I guess you could argue that you don't have to leave a wire or um, probe in the brain, but um, they've still gone and injected these particles. Let's see. In mice, they showed lack of toxicity, and we did that as long as four weeks, 100 micrograms of MEMPs per dose. It's important to highlight that they reported no MEMP migration or loss up to seven weeks post-injection. Increased cell activity on the site of injection was reported after magnetic and electrical external stimulation. Additionally, increased neuronal activity was observed in the projected areas. Finally, one week after surgery, they reported no detrimental effects of MEMPs on motor activity, coordination, or balance. Oh, man. You can tell this is being written for... Uh, their military pay masters. MEMPs increased speed and stride length. Now, I'm... It's o'clock in the morning. I want to go and look at those studies. Bear with me, folks. Um, e. Resonant powering of injecto nanoelectrode enables deep brain stimulation. And freely moving mice. This. Mm. Right. Oh man. You can just see all the the particles. Um 
I'm not sure. Like something that's just so obvious in the brain, um, I would be very, very suspect of long term. Uh, mouth behavior. Um, They've made claims about being able to record found significant increase in percentage of cells exhibiting calcium transients when MEMPs were stimulated simultaneous AC and DC magnetic electric field versus basal activity. This increase was not observed when cells were exposed to the AC and DC mag magnetic stimulation either alone with the MSMPs or PEMPs. Movie S1. Uh, well, we'll be doing this paper next. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, we can make your shoulders uh, continue to make uh, greater and faster stride lengths. Uh, Colour me a little sceptical about that one. Nguyen et al. used MEMPs-based technology to successfully evoke neuronal responses with a short latency period on the order of 100 milliseconds. Um, no, that's not short. And the fact that they're flooding with calcium, um, th that tends to trigger um, sort of apoptotic responses. Um the, the cell environment is very sensitive to calcium. Like I say, I'm not, I'm not convinced about their safety claims here. All right. Um, where were we? It's important to highlight they reported no MEMPs migration. Oh, yeah, we did that. Additionally, Increased neuronal activity was observed in projected areas. We did that. This. Um, so they got short order 100 milliseconds through calcium imaging in organotypic and acute cortical slices from GCAMP6 transgenic mice. In their in vivo non invasive studies, they used intravenous IV administration of nanoparticles into blood circulation, then applied a DC magnetic field gradient on the order of 1000 OECM to move the nanoparticles across the blood brain barrier to a targeted site in the brain. When in the brain, they applied an AC magnetic field with a strength of 450 OE and a frequency of 10 Hz to reliably evoke cortical activities as confirmed using in vivo two photon mesoscopic imaging of calcium signals at both cellular and global network levels. Um, yeah, I'd, I would be very, very skeptical of this being able to maintain any, any behavioral change. The activation was further supported through a significantly increased number of CFOS expression cells as a result of the stimulation. It could be noted that neither the delivery process itself nor the subsequent magnetic stimulation 
caused any significant increases in the number of GFAP and IBA1 positive astrocytes and microglia, which indicated a non-inflammatory process. It all sounds a bit too, uh, bit too perfect. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'd like to see in their lab. The impact of MEMPs on CNS cells has been described in several papers. Gudaratau initially used XTT assay to study the effect of MEMPs in astrocytes, indicating no toxicity in human astrocyte cells. When MEMP doses up to 200 micrograms per gram, drug amount per body weight, Kushikatel showed that 10 milligrams per kg corresponding of MEPs exhibited a maximum of 96% cell viability for astrocytes as well as neurons. Kashuk optimized the magnetic field range to be used in microglial cells, main cells of the immune defense of the CNS, showing the MEMPs ability to keep the microglia viability intact. Um... My initial problem, well, initial problem in this paper, it's the same people, it's self-referencing all the time, and I'm, I'm wondering about replication in other laboratories. All right. Um, so this is where MEMPs have been used, so let's just have a look. Uh, main observation, um, ovarian carcinoma cells, tumor eradication. Yeah, our human brain, microvascular, endothelial cells, astrocyte cells, harmless ability to cross blood-brain barrier, MEMPs binding to nucleotide, on-demand release nucleotide, non-toxicity of MEMPs, human ovarian carcinoma cells, um, drug release, human astrocyte cells and mouse model, non-toxicity of MEMPs in human cells, Harmless ability to cross blood-brain barrier. First time brain targeting using magnetic field. Yeah, look, man, if you could use these to deliver drugs and um, get them into difficult-to-reach places, um, and you don't have to do it by cracking open the skull, I that's a, that's a handy technology. Um, Mouse, a non-human primate model, successfully delivered to brain using magnetic field, lack of blood toxicity of MEMPs, lack of clinical abnormalities, psycho physical, psychical, or neurobehavioral. Mm. Yeah, well... <laughs> I remain to be convinced. The ability of MEMPs to cross the blood-brain barrier has been demonstrated in several studies using in vitro and in vivo models. Gooder et al. for the first time used an animal model to demonstrate the ability of MEMPs, 30 nanometers, 10 micrograms, to reach the brain after intravenous IV administration and the use of magnetic field gradients to make MEMPs cross the blood-brain barrier and guide them towards target sites deep in the brain. Mice were kept under anesthesia for more than 30 minutes, applying a magnetic field gradient for approximately 30 minutes. The study was designed to improve the knowledge of how MEMPs could act on the brain and check their ability to surpass, uh, yeah, surpass the blood-brain barrier without emphasis on transferring all the MEMPs into the brain. 
approximately 10% of the IV-injected MEMPs were speculated to reach the brain after the magnetic field application. Localization of MEMPs into a brain tissue was confirmed post-mortem using scanning electron microscopy. Well, where'd the other 90% go? Into the heart? Kashua Cattell showed the presence of MEMPs in the brain and also demonstrated their localization into neurons, astrocytes, and microglia. It could be noted that they applied a magnetic field for approximately three hours, keeping the mice sedated during the entire period. QIV MEMPs administration across the blood-brain barrier proved to be non-toxic using in-situ TEM. They confirmed the ability of MEMPs to distribute uniformly the brain, supporting the notion of their harmless ability to cross the blood-brain barrier. MMPs were found at the, <laughs> at the cell nucleus. H&E staining to observe any systemic toxicity and blood toxicity were studied on day 2 and 7 after MEMPs treatment confirming the lack of toxicity at 10 mg per kg MEMP dose. Importantly, behavioral parameters were also checked on day 2 and 7 after MEMP administration. No alterations were seen in mode of performance, forelimb grip, grip, strength, horizontal bar test, and rotor rod. Ajikani et al. acutely administered MEMPs into the mouse vein to study MEMP content across time, up to eight weeks, in search of understanding the natural MEMP excretion routes. Mice were sacked <laughs> at different time points during a period of approximately two months to study the presence of MEMPs in several organs, including the brain. Smaller MEMP size, 10 nanometers, were rapidly emptied from the body. However, MEMPs as big as 600 nanometer in size were not easily detected across the brain, but were still present in specific brain areas, such as the prefrontal cortex and cerebellum. Yeah, right. Kashuk et al. were the first ones to translate preliminary studies into larger species to a non-human primate. Ashikatao did a proof-of-concept study where 30 nanometer MEMPs were administered intravein, maintaining the baboon sedated around 3 to 4 hours, successfully delivered to the brain using a static magnetic field of the MRI was achieved without any signal toxicity in blood biomarkers. The baboon was monitored 4 months after first injection. The animal remained clinically normal during all the studies. Post-mortem analysis verified no abnormal morphological changes after MRI distribution. Yeah. Um, are they embedding in the heart though? That would be my, that, that's an immediate concern for me. And if they're, if they're evenly distributing through the brain, that means they're going to the brain stem and all the regulatory nuclei there. Pardo et al. for the first time conducted a comprehensive study to demonstrate intranasal administration of MEMPs in mice models. They coded different sized nanoparticles with an infrared fluorescent compound and used IVIS to directly monitor the nanoparticle distribution in the brain in response to application of a magnetic field gradient. They used the gradient of approximately 3000 OECM applied for 30 minutes to move particles between two different locations in the brain so they crossed the blood-brain barrier. They studied the distribution depending on the MEMP size and dosage. They showed that due to significantly shorter path through the blood-brain barrier, in this case, the IN administration is substantially more efficient compared to the above IV administration. 
What's I N? Intranasal, right? Um. Hmm. Here, squirt this up your nose. <laughs> Get in that MRI scanner. Oof. Uh, according to their estimate, almost 80% of nanoparticles have been delivered into the brain. Comparing 30 and 60 nanometer MEMPs, their efficacy to deliver 30 nanometer particles was higher, at least by a factor of two, according to their observation. The small MEMPs with a size comparable to or below interstitial space could cross the blood-brain barrier and then flow through the brain with significantly smaller resistance compared to the large size MEMPs. However, application of the magnetic field gradient was sufficient to ensure that large MEMPs across the blood-brain barrier as well. MEMPs showed to be able to naturally diffuse across the BBB and distribute across the mouse brain under these conditions as fast as one minute after intranasal administration and within a window of 10 to 15 minutes. MEMPs were detected across the entire brain. MEMPs, with or without the use of magnetic field, were shown to mostly localize on the neuronal membrane surface, even though some MEMPs could be visualized in the neuron nucleus. Fuck that, man. <laughs> Not for human use. The parallel study by Nguyen, uh, MEMPs were conjugated to a fluorescent compound and administered via IV administration in mice then pulled across the blood-brain barrier via magnetic field. In addition, after bringing nanoparticles into the brain, they applied localized field at the tip of the magnet for approximately 10 minutes into a cranial window to localize MEMPs delivery into a sub 1 millimeter target site. After localization to achieve stimulation, two electromagnets in the Helmholtz arrangement were used to synchronously apply 500 millisecond pulse width sinusoidal signals with varying stimulation frequencies ranging from 5 to 100 Hz. In vitro, using cortical slices, MEMPs-based stimulation proved to enhance an illicit calcium release as well as CFOS expression. In vivo administration of 10 micrograms MEMPs followed by 1000 OEMDC magnetic field gradient for 45 minutes and a 5 to 20 hertz uniform AC magnetic field using the above pair of electromagnetic uh, magnets was sufficient to stimulate the brain as confirmed by a significant increase of calcium spikes in less than 50 milliseconds without causing neuroinflammation measured by astrocyte and microglia activation at different time points after magnetic stimulation. Importantly, brain-induced stimulation ceased after the magnetic field was stopped and the repeated magnetic stimulation 24 hours after MEMP's initial administration still induced neuronal activity, though visibly reduced in its strength. Like in the above study by Pardo, MEMPs were visualized in the brain immediately after injection, in this case in the blood circulation, using in vivo two-photon imaging. The results support the finding in the study by Pardo et al. using intranasal administration 10 to 15 minutes after MEMP administration. The detection is reduced notably and almost undetectable in the brain. However, the use of a magnet located on the scalp next to the target site for 20 to 30 minutes increased MEMP localization in the brain, allowing MEMP visualization even 24 hours after magnet station. 
Mm. I don't know, man. Like, these things are made out of iron and cobalt. And if they're going intracellular, like, iron metabolism in the brain is like one of the key signatures. It, it goes wrong when the brain starts to uh, give up the ghost. And I would be very, very leery of adding iron in this fashion, especially if we can get intracellular. MEMPs can act as nanocarriers for drug delivery. The underlying physical mechanisms to attach a biological load, whether it is a peptide, mitotic inhibitor, antiretroviral therapy, or another molecular compound, and then release it off MEMPs on demand by application of AC magnetic fields, was described in detail several papers by research in the Kizrov laboratory. They hypothesized that owing to the ME effect, the nanoparticles allowed to control intrinsic electric fields involved in the bond between the nanoparticle and the load via application of magnetic fields. According to their calculations and measurements, applications of a very of a relatively sorry weak magnetic field could induce local electric fields of a thousand volts per centimeter in the nanoscale vicinity of MEMPs. Given the ME coefficient of 10 volts per centimeter per OE, the frequency of the induced electric field defined by the frequency of the applied field. Their experiments, they applied AC magnet fields at 100 hertz to release biological loads which were bonded to the nanoparticles through an ionic force. Thus they argued that the AC field application shook the biological load of the nanoparticle. Hmm. And they're saying it doesn't cause any inflammation. Yeah. To directly track the field-controlled release of the load of the MEMPs, they conducted studies based on photoabsorption-based molecular signatures and atomic force microscopy. Such capability allows to use MEMPs to deliver one or more specific pharmacological compounds to target sites deep in brain by application of DC magnetic field gradients and then release the compounds on demand by application of AC magnetic fields when the nanoparticles reach the site. Per the aim of this review, we'd like to highlight the important finding that MEMPs allowed for an on-target drug release, avoiding premature release of the compound before reaching its site. Now, for something like glioblastoma, this sounds very, very interesting. Um, The idea, um, I'm struggling with the idea of um, them being able to uh, modulate behavior. I'm, I'm, next paper we do, we're going to look at their subthalamic nuclear stimulation. Um, but I'm, I'm not convinced yet. One of the important capabilities of MEMPs is their ability to tap into the electric circuitry of the human body. This capability is not limited to CNS disorders and can be expended, uh, sorry, extended to the peripheral nervous system. For example, different cell types have their own characteristic electric field properties, such as the membrane potential, the membrane's dielectric permittivity, conductivity, and others. 
One of the important medical applications based on these electric field effects in biological media would be the process of electroporation. The electroporation uses the difference in the membrane potential, potential values between cancer cells and their normal counterparts to ensure high specificity delivery of biological loads, for example, RNAs or mitotic inhibitors into cancer cells only. By promising, the electroporation biological the electroporation approach is quite invasive. One requires to generate electric fields on the order of 1000 volts per centimeter to induce electroporation processes which could be reversible to induce electroporation processes which could be reversible and irreversible. Okay. Exposure to such high electric fields can irreversibly damage healthy tissues as well. Yeah. <laughs> Leading to unwanted side effects. To overcome this problem, MEMPs were used to enable a highly localized electroporation process known as nano-electroporation. Using wirelessly applied magnetic fields uh, induce electric fields which are sufficiently strong to overcome the membrane potential in the cancer cell or not strong enough for the surrounding healthy cells. As a result, MEMPs penetrate cancer cells or sparing the surrounding healthy cells. Gurdurutal conducted a comprehensive in vitro study to use this approach to successfully deliver mitotic inhibitor paclitaxel into an ovarian cancer line, SKOV3, while not affecting a healthy counterpart cell line. Rudinsky et al. translated this approach to an animal model to cure SKOV3 xenografted mice. Stuart et used this concept to deliver special anti-tumor peptides into glioblastoma multiform cells. The underlying physics was described in detail in the paper by Stimple. Yeah, like I say, the idea that um, you can you could guide these particles into tumors, that seems reasonable to me. And I, I encourage their... Um, their continued research line. Um, let's get let's get to brain activity. Gudrutau approached to directly monitor electrical fields due to local neuronal activity in brain using the converse magnetoelectric effect. In this case, according to the principle of reciprocity owing to the magnetoelectric effect, the energy carried by local electric fields due due to neural activity in the vicinity of nanoparticles converted into MEMP's magnetic moment change, which in turn can be detected by a magnetic sensor. Examples of magnetic sensors are inductive coils, tunneling magnetoreceptor TMR sensors, optical pump magnetometers, and others. Also thinking you could use, um, what are they called? Squibs? magnetoencephalography. Single neuron stimulation can be achieved by local electric fields generated by nanoparticles in the vicinity of neuronal membranes. When subjected to AC magnetic fields due to the ME effect, the MEMP induces local AC electric fields that last for a brief period and die as one per distance cubed. The distance away from that nanoparticle due to the nanoparticle's electric dipole moment. Furthermore, 
This field is further reduced because of the shielding effect due to free-moving charges in the conductive brain tissue. Hence, the strongest electric field is generated when the nanoparticle is physically touching the membrane, being able to generate a field on the order of 1,000 volts per centimeter subject to a magnetic field on the order of 1,000 OE. Such an electric field is sufficient to change the membrane potential by a few millivolts, which in turn activates ion channels in the vicinity of the nanoparticle. The zero to zeroth degree of approximation, this vicinity range is determined by the diameter of the nanoparticle. To induce an action potential, it's important that multiple ion channels are activated at the same time within a 10 millisecond time interval, to provide the energy required for the potential activation. Therefore, localization of MEMPs-based stimulation can be achieved either by localizing the MP or the stimulation fields. The localization of the MP can be achieved via application of magnetic field gradients to deliver nanoparticles to a, to a target site or by MEMPs conjugated with specific target antibodies. Localization by AC magnetic fields would be limited by engineering designs. In either case, a single neuron localization is feasible. In addition to the aforementioned MEMP's capability to monitor neural activity with a single neuron precision in real time, the converse ME effect can be used to detect electric fields due to any other local intrinsic mechanisms. Electric fields are fundamental to all biological mechanisms at the molecular level, thus the MEMP's capability to detect local electric fields without using surgically implanted invasive devices, is vital for helping shed light on many open questions, as well as develop novel diagnostics. Nagasetti et al. conducted in vitro experiments to use converse ME effects of MEMPs to detect different cancer cells based on their unique membrane potential values, electric field profiles around the membrane. Using this approach, they found signature MEMPs impacted nuclear magnetic resonance profiles, specific to glioblastomas, endothelial, and other cell lines. Um, again, not much about modulating behavior. Talk about activating single neurons, but again, a sort of deferral to, uh, it's great for cancer. All right, psychiatric and neurodegenerative diseases. Let's see what they say here. Um, yeah, it's a short chapter. <laughs> No data has been released yet using MEMPs as nanocarriers for brain targeting in vivo, though it is noteworthy that, as described above, recently MEMPs were used for wireless activation of motor activity. In yeah, I'm skeptical of that. In this section, we speculate that the use of MEMPs as an innovative mechanism to externally control the targeted drug release could be translated into a revolutionary new approach for treatment of psychiatric and neurodegenerative disorders. Due to the abundant side effects of the current approaches, the presumption of higher efficacy, lower drug doses, lower drug degradation degree, and so forth, represents an encouraging treatment. Yeah, so delivering drugs in, in a focal manner, that, that seems a feasible approach. Um, I don't know, pulsing people with magnetic fields and hoping to entrain neurons? Not so much. Current data generated using MENs directly administered into the brain or peripherally administered and translocated into the brain did not elicit any adverse effects in mice or monkeys and provided valuable encouraging data supporting the promising future use of MEMPs for the translation into more developed species including 
into humans. That's in there for the uh, DARPA folks. We will also discuss MEMP's capability to be used as stimulation devices on demand on target. Guru et al. were the pioneers to induce electrical signals on the brain using MEMPs. Recently, Nguyen et al. also showed the ability of MEMPs to evoke neuronal responses, cortical mouse slices, as well as in vivo. Those studies did not find any detrimental effects on mouse behavior or and brain structure and function. And even more challenging, MEMPs offer the capability to combine on-site stimulation with drug release, the two functions which have been proven separately. Um, yeah, like the, the drug release is more, seems more feasible to me, but um, we'll see. I mean, like th all these references are very, very recent. You know, so it's a emerging field. One of the advantage of currently studied core shell MEMPs is their biocompatibility as being confirmed through different independent studies. The most popular cobalt, ferrous oxide, barium, titanium. <laughs> you want to fill the brain with that? <laughs> oh, shit. Configuration, the core material, cobalt, ferrite, is somewhat similar to the FDA-approved Super paramagnetic iron oxide nanoparticles, spions, used for MRI image contrast enhancement. The shell material barium titanate is regarded as biocompatible for many applications. Furthermore, these core shell nanostructures are surface functionalized by a thin layer of biocompatible materials such as glycerol, monoleate, and surface and polyethylene glycol. Further warrant the nanoparticles' biosafety under specific medical applications. Last but not least, one of the current MEMPs related developments is the emergence of biodegradable organic magnetoelectric materials and nanostructures. Biodegradable MEMPs are designed to naturally decompose, be excreted after the targeted therapy is being completed. Considerations in translating current studies to humans. Um, people still listening. Um, the CNS is characterized by several types of cells, including glial cells and neurons. Importantly, for the use of MEMPs on the CNS, the size of neuronal body cells can vary substantially, being as small as 4 micrometer cerebellar granule cells and as big as 100 micrometers motor neurons. Glial cells, in contrast, are usually smaller than motor neurons, with astrocytes being the largest glial cells with a diameter ranging from 40 to 50 micrometers. The size of the currently studied MEMPs, usually in the sub-50 nanometer range, is orders of magnitude smaller. Due to the small size, MEMPs are capable of naturally circulating across the interstitial spaces, diffusing across the mouse brain tissue, maintaining the size of MEMPs below the diameter of the interstitial space. It's crucial to allow natural diffusion, shown in the recent study by Pardo, and translating into human studies where the interstitial space can be as high as 20 micrometers, larger size MEMPs could be considered. It is noteworthy that the current development of MEMPs is still at its early stage. 
is already showing their potential to have game-changing impacts on important medical applications. However, it should be understood that with further refining engineering of the nanoparticles, as well as their functionalization to target specific neuronal regions, the MEMP's capability to stimulate and deliver a specific drug with unprecedented precision and personalization will entirely change the landscape of treatment of psychiatric and neurodegenerative disease. Yeah, big claims. Normal brain functioning is characterized by endogenous electric currents in a variety of frequency bands that allow to allow to establish network functional connectivity with specific synchronized oscillation rhythms. It is known that several psychiatric and neurogenerative disorders lead to abnormal brain electrical oscillatory activity, thus disturbing the normal functional connectivity. The review of brain electric functioning is out of the scope of this review. Yeah, you don't say. However, it's important to highlight that impaired electrical brain signaling has been shown to favorably respond to external stimulation. The existing alternative non-pharmacological approaches, for example, the above DBS and TMS, are strongly pointing toward the restoration of electrical brain activity at levels not provided by any pharmacological approaches known to date. That's not true. <laughs> it doesn't restore to normal. It just imposes its own pattern. And I think it's a case of, like, the brain ignores it. Um, let's see. This strongly emphasizes the significance of implementing MEMPs to induce wirelessly controlled, highly targeted localization stimulation tailored to a specific disease. Unlike these existing approaches, MEMPs provide a non-invasive and robust pathway to restore the normal network functional connectivity with high levels of spatio-temporal precision suitable for unmatched personalization. To underscore the significance of this argument, it might be worthwhile reminding the background of these existing approaches. Electrodes have been applied to stimulate the brain since the late 1940s. Brain stimulation approaches such as DBS has been shown to disrupt pathological electrical oscillations. There is no consensus about the required DBS frequency for the most beneficial result. That's not true. Independently, over three decades ago, magnetic stimulation using TMS emerged with notable efficacy for depression and schizophrenia, patients non-responding to classical pharmacology. However, classically, stimulation devices are left to non-responding patients. There is no treatment yet without at least the potential for side effects. Up to date, all brain stimulations have important drawbacks. Briefly, the need for direct physical contact to neurons makes DBS highly invasive and low efficacy. Non-invasive brain stimulation techniques such as TMS, direct current stimulation, are increasingly being used for studying human brain for the diagnosis and treatment of refractory neurological diseases. However, these techniques have fundamental limitations their spatial resolution on the order of one centimeter or worse. In addition, these techniques still need to be characterized and improved for their safety, for example, due to excessive focal overheat because of the relatively high magnetic field energy used for stimulation. Nevertheless, the evolution of those techniques has provided new insights for the development of new approaches based on electric field-based interaction within the brain. A neuron in a resting condition presents an electrical pulse of around minus 70 millivolts. 
in order to reach the stimulation threshold of neurons, a total field of 30 to 100 volts per meter is needed. Deep magnetic stimulation generating pulses of low intensity magnetic fields, 1 to 500 Tesla, are being used. Uh, that seems extraordinarily large. Additionally, parameters approved include an amplitude voltage up to 10.5 volts and pulse frequency up to 250 hertz. The expansion to new brain stimulation interventions should consider voltage amplitude as well as pulse frequency to avoid the propagation of stimulation effects beyond the immediate stimulation vicinity. In summary, the development of the alternative techniques led to the need to solve a major open question of a limited spatial resolution and resulting side effects. MEMPs overcome this problem. So far, theoretically, as well as based on current available data using MEMPs, we could surpass all barriers encountered with current FDA-approved approaches. Again, this is pitch at um, their, their funders, basically. Uh, the aforementioned results originated with the MEMP-based studies on human cell lines as well as in vivo experiments on rodent models to support the MEMP's capability for non-invasive stimulation after delivery across the blood-brain barrier given the size of the nanoparticles ranging from 30 to 60 nanometers. The experiment showed that MEMPs were capable of stimulating the brain for at least 24 hours after this administration in the brain, showing that MEMPs could be conjugated with a host of biological compounds for example, fluorescent dyes, drugs, antibodies, and other biomolecules. MEMPs could be visualized in vivo because they have a magnetic moment, thus allowing them to be detected through MRI or other techniques. Alternatively, when conjugated with a fluorescent dye, they could also be imaged by IVIS, positron emission tomography, or another brain imaging modality having a non-zero magnetic moment also allows to navigate MEMPs in a 3D space in the brain, example using the physics of metastable systems the spatial resolution at a single neuron level doubtful man electrical stimulation can elicit the activation of neural stem cells and even increase the viability of newborn neuron cells neuronal cell death is characteristic of several cns disorders such as alzheimer's huntington's parkinson's and memps could be potentially placed in selected brain areas such as substantia nigra pars compacta where neuronal loss has been detected to facilitate neuronal reconstruction <laughs> i don't believe that Possibilities at this stage of research are endless. MEMPs are shown to be able to excite neurons to create calcium influx and therefore capable of inducing electrical signaling. The latter, for example, could be converted into the promotion of newborn cells. No. Uh, based on the electrical neuron peculiarity as well as early stage publications, MEMPs could locally restore aberrant electrical signal on demand. MEMPs have proven to be used as nanocarriers in mice for targeting specific cancer cells. This, I, I believe, based on the same principle, compounds currently being used in psychiatry could be conjugated to MEMPs for their delivery to specific brain sites where the balance has been disrupted, thus drastically reducing the side effects currently being served in the treatment of psychiatric disorders, as explained in previous sections. Yeah, so you want to put your haloperidol on a... <laughs> on a nanoparticle and you can guide it in there and uh, yeah, deal with your 
hallucinations and uh, maybe maybe as previously discussed MEMPs would use the electrical characteristics of the cells to target them without affecting normal healthy cells although 30 nanometer MEMPs seem to be a good fit to be used for stimulation purposes important to acknowledge that different size MEMPs could be of greater value to carry a higher load of conjugated drug agent and their MEMP size dependent ability to stimulate neuronal activity has not been studied yet MEMPs can be delivered to target sites chosen based on their associated beneficial effects of current pharmacological treatments as well as the efficacy of DBS and TMS in specific psychiatric patients basic principles numerical simulations have previously been performed to understand the effect of wirelessly controlled MEMPs on patients with PD computation showed that wirelessly induced stimulation could significantly improve recover neuronal activity deepen the brain of patients with PD with a level comparable to that achieved with traditional highly invasive DBS. Nah, I'm not so sure. Important to highlight that the current treatments for psychiatric disorders are mainly focused on the reduction of symptoms or focused on slowing down neurodegeneration. In some cases, we are successful with current medication and stimulation devices, but unfortunately, there's still so many patients and treatment resistance up to date there's no cure for parkinson's or alzheimer's where we see the patients deteriorating rapidly but i hope that yeah we're at the end <laughs> memp's limitations previous studies with dbs and tms between other devices have provided a safe stimulation range for its translation study of memp's technical and fundamental limitations of memp's are still under investigation however all data examined in this review highlights the potential of memp's for their use in ongoing and future research no toxicity has been reported considering a wide range of stimulation parameters however little is known about the necessary memp size to induce electrical stimulation in human brain additional data about the impact of higher memp size is needed we acknowledge the early status of research using MEMPs as a stimulation device. Additionally, growing evidence supports the use of MEMPs as nanocarriers. However, research is still limited. Side effects of MEMPs have not yet been reported. However, we acknowledge the reduced number of assessments performed that mostly focused on general parameters of toxicity, as well as basic behavioral evaluation do now, do, do now allow sorry, an absolute affirmation of the lack of side effects from the species studied. To summarize, due to the quantum mechanically caused magnetoelectric effect on the nanoscale sized 30 nm MEMPs allowed to wirelessly trigger local electric stimulation of selective regions deep in the brain with a relatively high efficacy without a need to establish any invasive physical contacts, specifically their potential to wirelessly detect local electric field profiles due to local neural activity specific to neurodegenerative disease. In addition, MEMPs also allow to deliver drugs into specific regions. For all these purposes, MEMPs can be guided to specific regions in the brain by application of magnetic field gradients using an MRI, MPI, or traditional in vivo imaging system as the feedback mechanism. Well, um, it all sounds um, tantalizing, um, but the... I'm dubious about them to be able to get fast real-time um, recording from single neurons. I'm I'm not convinced about that. Um, maybe well, 
I have to have to delve into this more. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, an interesting uh, field, that's for sure. So, um, <laughs> the authors have declared no conflicts of interest for this article. Well, except working for uh, the Beast, basically. All right, um, let me just see if anyone was uh, grateful for the. Uh... Oh yes, um, Matthew. Thank you very much. Uh, 25 bucks. You can have, uh, let's see. We're going to fight the world. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening in. Um, I think it's definitely worthwhile um, looking at the, this paper. Um, ah. Do that. This paper. Um, I'll make this the target for next week. Or, or we can look at um, carbon nanotubes used for detecting... Um, single unit activity but I, I th for me this one is more interesting ha have they been able to um modulate the um animal's behavior and all i would say is uh i don't believe anything till it's been done in a monkey but i guess that's the Yeah, I mean, what a what a thing to be telling to DARPA that uh, yeah, we can uh, we can put them in the subthalamic nucleus and uh, we can switch it on and your soldiers will run and run and run. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, crazy. All right, I'm done. Oh, wait, what time is it on the East Coast? I've got an interview. I'll, I'll I'll just stream at my end as well. Um, Fourteen fifty, five hours away. Um, so I'll be back here soon, and um, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. Um, I guess he's going to be asking me questions about uh, what's going on with SARS, basically. Uh, we'll go from there. So, um, let's see. Anything on Gonzalo Lira? He's out and trying to gain entry into Hungary. Yep. Um, I talked about it at the beginning. Um, myself, personally, I would have tried to get to Russian-controlled territory. Trying to get past Ukrainian border guards into Hungary. The fact that we haven't heard from him is probably a bad sign. Especially as his court case is Wednesday. So, um, 
Yeah, I'd have gone the other direction. But that that's just me. Um All right. I'm done. I'll be back in five hours or so. Um Enjoy the rest of your day, folks, and I will see you in the next one later. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do I'm like I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these papers! I will fucking kill each fucking kappa! I swear! <laughs> this is not a fucking joke anymore! This is fucking dead serious! I am fucking dead serious! These people don't know who the fuck they actually playing with! Fuck these kappas! No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever throw through my fucking blood blood! Never! No! I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage! Fuck these motherfuckers! All that five? This guy. Send 10.45,000 to turn dead. Let up! 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 Let up!